Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who have never dropped a Matthew Stafford pass. Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode 339. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me are three other dashing reindeer. I don't know, dashing. That's the only thing I <laughs> We'll go through them here real quick. Everyone knows my off-times co-host, Jeff the Riz. Rizden, how you doing, brother? Doing good today? Great to be with everyone. All good. Always good to have you here. And the inimitable... Eric Schlitt from Pride of Detroit Nowadays. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. It's been a while since we've talked. I think the last time we did it was when uh, you were doing that uh, awesome stuff for St. Jude. Yeah, yeah, that was a good time. That was a, good time. That was a while ago, though. Well, we got, we'll get plenty of time in today. Of course, everybody's friend from Woodward Sports, Scott the Man Bischoff. How you doing, brother? Glad to have I'm you great. back again. Everybody's friend. How's everybody doing? We all good? We're we're all ready for this draft to I get here wait. and then get over. <laughs> Please and thank you. I will safely speak for everybody on that one. We're ready for the draft to be here. Yeah. Ten more days. There's there's a lot of crazy <laughs> going on with this draft. All right. Uh, we got a big show today. This is our yearly, our annual NFL draft stravaganza. It's a hard word to say. Draft stravaganza. Uh, it's a 2021 version. We're going to go through the first round mock draft. It's a consensus draft. So we'll take a quick look at the rules. Again, a consensus draft. Each move is going to be supported by the majority. Uh, Trades will be allowed throughout the uh, process here. And I will take the role of tiebreaker. So the the big brains on the the podcast and Jeff and Eric and Scott are going to be breaking through and talking through some of the things. I'll question their motives and their thoughts along the way. And then if they can't seem to come to an agreement, I I will break that tie. So I think we're ready to go. Gentlemen, are you ready? Let's do it. All right. And God, what in the hell is going on? Let's kick <laughs> this off and break it down. We're starting off on the left foot. That's good. We got this. All right, let's get right into this. We'll start off first round, first pick overall. Our good friends over at Jacksonville. Everybody, I think, is in agreement that uh, this is going to be Patrick Sertain. Can we just move on from there? (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So before we do this, we need to establish the ground rules of the mock draft because you can do them two different ways. You can do what you would do or you can do what you think the teams will do. I know Scott likes to do what he thinks the teams will do. And that's that's my preferred course of action. I know I know Eric's smart enough; he can do anything. Yep. So, yep. I'm good. We're gonna try to predict. Oh, the that was a shot, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna try to predict the future here. We're gonna go with what the teams will do. Um, is there yeah. any reason why Trevor Lawrence isn't going first overall? Can anyone make that argument? No. Okay. So, Not unless there's well, incriminating pictures of him and a goat in Tijuana or something. Larry, Larry Tunsil. That's about style. it. Do we think so? So. No, I mean, I think the answer to your question is there's really no reason. But if if you want to spend a minute or two, I mean, just yeah. what do you guys think about his progression as a player? Obviously, he had that magical run as a freshman, right? And, and, and took the football world by storm. But 
has he improved in the next two seasons? Has has there been leaps in his play to the point where he's more than what he what he what he looked like as a freshman? Does it make sense? Like, yes. So you were ask you were asking the question: Is he Andrew Luck 2.0? Luck was the exact same quarterback when he retired from the Colts as he was the day he walked into Stanford. Yeah, he never got better. Now he was damn damn good. But yes, I I do see that with Lawrence. I think he is. I don't I don't think he's going to get much better than he is right now. He might get he might get better chemistry with his receivers, although he has some good ones there. He might he might wind up using his athleticism a little more at the next level. But yeah, as far as like mental processing and feel for the game and all that, he he's as good as as he's going to get, and he's by, by the way as good as it gets. So yeah, I, there his 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 ceiling is probably like, like he's right here. His ceilings are right here. And you're looking at like, like Trey Lance, his ceilings here and and his floor is like, like down below my feet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So that, that variance range isn't there, but yeah, again, like Andrew Luck, I think the Colts fans were pretty darn happy with Andrew Luck before the the broken necks got to them um, and hindered him. But again, he was the exact same dude, you know, in 2016 when I, I think it was when he retired, uh, that he was when he walked into Stanford in 2008. I think the thing that makes him the number one guy is that he's also consistently this guy, right? Yeah, you don't yeah. see a lot of dips in his game like you do some of the other guys that have question marks. And so that consistent high-level play is what makes a number one pick. There's a Yeah, that consistency, there's a lot to yeah. be said for that. And and that's what makes, as you said, the floor and the, that just gap between the ceiling and floor and Justin Fields it becomes a gamble, and, and a lot of people don't like to gamble. They want, you know, like Matthew Stafford was a pretty, pretty solid, sure thing when we drafted him first overall. Um, it, there, it was there weren't very many questions about him and uh, and and him as a pick. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is very, very similar in that he's so consistent, and you just know what you're going to get, no surprises. And now you think you can coach and improve on that as a as a team. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. We will see. (laughs) All right. We move on to number two. uh, Probably one of the best places to play football in the nation. Uh, The Jets of New York. (laughs) Who wouldn't want to? Oh, man. (laughs) Their green uniforms are fantastic. They're dark greens. I love those. I can see. (laughs) All right. uh, I'm just going to go clockwise here. Riz, I'll start with you. you. Who do you see the Jets grabbing number two overall? I think they are making a mistake by taking Zach Wilson. And Scott's about to hit me. <laughs> <laughs> what? A, my the feed cut out. What happened? Kidding. No. Um. I get it. I do. I get it. I. I think that there is, there is trepidation, and there should be about Zach Wilson. But I think there's there's a little psychological component to this, and this is where I'll, I'm just going to reveal things. I think it. So in some ways, the excitement. And the style in which he plays, I think, is a lure for some people. I think it's like, you know, um, it's like chum in the water. His play style and the things that he does and the uh, the exciting nature in, in, of, in some of what he does is for a person like me, it's alluring. It's attractive. I like it. But I could see somebody who's really, uh, who wants to bang the table about footwork or wants to really get into the technical stuff, not liking Zach Wilson and not liking his approach to the game. I mean, if you watch him, it's like 
you're, neither of your feet are on the ground and you threw it sidearm and underhand and you put the no-look spin on it too. Like you didn't need to do all those things. So there's a flash, I think, in which he plays, which, which I, I would tell you that I like it. I like to watch him play, but I, but I also know that there's risk there. But knowing that I like that kind of stuff is important. It's like, you know, you have to temper some of that stuff. So I love Zach Wilson as a player, but I like the, the, the flash at which he plays, the stuff he brings. I do understand where people might be very hesitant, though. I get it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I see that. And, you know, I'll, I'll take that over to another sport, uh, MMA. And, and it's it's evolving as a sport. I only started watching this because of the the, the quarantine, and it was the only sport on for a long time. And I just kind of got hooked into some of the, the the little bit of the chess match that goes on that I never really recognized prior. Um, it's it's evolving now to a point where a lot of the fighters are look. I'm a showman. I I have to put on a show. I need some of that flair, some of that extra juice out there it had been frowned upon for so long because those guys always were the ones <laughs> that, that got made look to fool made to look like a fool right and it's it's coming into its own now with guys like o'malley and so on who are really going out there and trying to put on a great show maybe there's an evolution of that that's happening societally and in the nfl where you know like a zach wilson comes out and he, he he's putting on a show sometimes maybe when he doesn't have to but boy yep. it does make it a heck of a lot more interesting to watch eric what, what's your thoughts on uh zach wilson or somebody else to the jets i i think the thing with zach wilson is that he probably has a higher floor than like a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields, but he doesn't necessarily have a, the higher ceiling. And so if you're looking for a guy that can come in and play, he's probably, he's the next quarterback that you're going to want in this, in this draft class. And the Jets have really shown their hands, right? I mean, they're dealing Bradford away and, and like, you know, basically the comments, some of the comments they've made to the media, they, they've, they've exposed the fact that they're going to take Wilson. And so they want a quarterback that can play. It's either him or Mac Jones. Like those two guys can step on the field and play. Justin Fields, a little question mark. He can probably do it. Trey Lance can't, right? But he might have the highest ceiling, right? So when you're debating between these different quarterbacks, uh, really it's all about what does this certain team need? And the Jets need a quarterback that can play, and that's and that's Zach Wilson. And now we'll see how far that, how far that ceiling goes for him but it doesn't look to be as high to me as some of the other quarterbacks yeah absolutely all right uh, i have to hit the super chat nicholas he comes in with matt patricia signs contracts with marinara sauce and, and it may be true that may be true all right uh, so did we land did we land on Zach wilson yes yeah okay. okay we'll move on then number three the 49ers are picking took it for, well i don't want to say they took it because they gave up a lot but they they own the pick now from Houston, third overall pick for the 49ers. I'll start with you this time, Eric. What are you thinking? Uh, who's going Who's going over to San Fran? I mean, this is tough because you could really go – I think it's, it's quarterback, right? But it's just a matter of which one of the quarterbacks it's going to be. Uh, the It's shocking to me how many people have connected Mac Jones to the 49ers just because of playing style. I get it. He's another – I can play now type of quarterback, but again, his ceiling is the lowest of the five. So I don't think you're going up to get Mac Jones, but it sure seems like a lot of NFL people do think that. I think if you're going up, you're going up for a guy who you can sit for a year or challenge Garoppolo because if the, if the 49ers were in the same situation as the jets, they would have 
moved on from Garoppolo already, just like the Jets did. So I think they're looking more at someone who doesn't necessarily have to play now, has a higher ceiling. And to me, that's going to be either Justin Fields or Trey Lance. If it's uh, kind of a gut here, I'm going to go with Fields as my gut. Ah, Justin Fields. All right. Scott, we'll uh, hand it over to you. Where's your head at? Is you uh, Justin Fields here to the Niners? I don't know. It's it's interesting because Fields has connections to Kyle Shanahan and – you know, I, I'm that's that offensive system. It, it makes it real uh, friendly for quarterbacks. So I almost, it, it's almost like it's tough to see all of those guys failing in San Francisco. Like, do we think that them moving up to three, targeting a player like Justin Fields, do we think he's going to fail? I don't know. I mean, I think is, is he going to be a superstar? Probably not. But but I mean, it's a very friendly system. So all those guys can do things in that system, but Eric mentions that it's, you know, they have Garoppolo. I think Garoppolo is going to play. I think it makes sense for, uh, for whoever they draft to have to sit or to, you know, to, you know, to, to have some time to, to uh, ready themselves to play at the NFL level. But it's interesting. I look at Justin Fields and I see his second pro day workout and I see him, you know, out of the shotgun, his entire career has been with his left foot forward. Right. And I know we all know this stuff, but like, so Shanahan likes to have his quarterbacks and Matt Ryan did this back when Shanahan was with the Falcons, all of a sudden his right foot's forward. And then you see Fields' workout the other day and it's his right foot's forward. And and I'm thinking they're doing this specifically to appeal to Shanahan. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know that. (laughs) I mean, I think Lance did the same thing today. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know that it's Mac Jones. It wouldn't make sense to me to give up all the capital they gave up to go up to get Mac Jones at three. And I don't buy the concept that the 49ers were cool with just whoever was going to be there at three. They were cool. I'm not sure anybody does that kind of stuff. I know that they had conversations with the jets and I think they have a very strong understanding of who the jets are taking. So it's just a matter of them saying it's either fields or Lance or Mac Jones. We're going to fall in love with one of those guys and we will then make that pick. I just don't have a great answer. For, I talked for a long time, and I'm going to tell you I have no clue who they're taking. <laughs> I think it's real, but I don't know. I don't know. Mike Hodges actually made the point that I was going to in the chat. They'll sit for three games until Garoppolo's inevitable injury, <laughs> whoever it yep. is. Somebody's going <laughs> to shove him off the bus, and he's, things are going to go well. He's not wrong there. I mean, look what happened last year. Uh, Tyrod Taylor gets stabbed in the lung by their team trainer <laughs> to get Justin Herbert on the field. <laughs> Weird Man. shit happens, guys. You know it. <laughs> You're going to get value out of that first round pick one way or another. <laughs> That's still the most unbelievably underreported story ever. Yeah. How does that happen? <laughs> I, I it's just... incredible. It really is. Where's it's the amazing. lawsuit is the real question. That's the, there, there's something happened there. All right. Riz, wow. where, where are you at here? Uh, Number three to the Niners. So I have generally bought into the hubbub that Mac Jones would be the pick, but I've sort of come back the other way in the last couple of days. Um, I I, I feel very similar to Eric on this. Uh, And I, I think, and one of the reasons why I think this is because I do watch the gambling lines because the gamblers, they do not lose money on these things. Fields has gone down to plus 100 at a lot of books for this. And Jones was at 150, and now he's up to 250 or even 300 at some books. 
that's telling me that this either the big money thinks that that Fields is going to be the pick, or somebody knows that he's going to be the pick. Yeah. I'm going to follow that money, and I'm going to go with Justin Fields there. Yeah, that's, that's... Um, I, I like Scott said. I can't fathom somebody moving up that far to get Mac Jones when there's a fair chance. Although there's a fair chance he would have been there at 12. I, I kind of doubt it just because, and, and I'll say this, and I've said this before, the more I watched of Mac Jones, the more I liked what I saw. The, the guy gets too much crap from people. The guy can play. And um, he's not a statue. I mean, he's, no, I think he's not, he, he can move. He can, he but I think yeah. it's his desire to deal with pressure differently than other guys. Like his, his desire is not to scramble and avoid pressure and make plays on the run. He wants to – I still see him as more wanting to man, to manipulate subtle movements inside the pocket and stay there where other that, guys want to vacate. And that's very Shanahan-esque. That's, it is. Uh, and that's yeah. what we do in the NFL too, though. Let's let's be honest with the athleticism is. of the that, defensive lineman nowadays – Versus the, the 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 role of the offensive lineman, you're you're gonna find you're gonna be tough to find a team where you get to to, to live in that pre- preferential place. Yeah, and you're gonna need a good offensive line in front of him. He had that in yeah. Alabama. He certainly had pre premium weapons. Uh, San Francisco has some decent wide receivers. We all like. I know we all love Debo Samuel. Uh, <laughs> I know they, we like some of the other guys that they got there. So Ayuk, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Was yeah. was a big. We were a big fan of his last year. Yeah. So uh, I, I will say that it will be Fields here, but that's more of an educated guess than than knowing anything. Yeah, I just I, I'm in the same boat. I, they to me they tipped their hand with giving up all that treasure to move up. That's just I think that's just you, you don't do that for Mac Jones. You could, you could probably go to nine. You could probably go a lot of different places. Could have gone to seven. Yeah, <laughs> to, to get uh, that would have been beautiful. That would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to settle in on Justin Fields for the 49ers at number three overall. Stepping in now, number four, Atlanta is up. Oh, they're aching for a replacement for Matt Ryan. That's what I heard on the uh, the Globe at the supermarket stands. <laughs> I don't even know if that stuff exists anymore. <laughs> Atlanta, uh, Scott will let you lead the way here. Who's Atlanta picking uh, number four? Is there any conversation about them trading out? At this point, three quarterbacks are gone. Trey Lance is on the board. Mac Jones is on the board. Anybody? I think, I think Denver would call. I think New England would probably call. I think Chicago would probably call. Washington. Washington could certainly call, absolutely. But they just And all those trades would put Atlanta in a position where they could take a defensive player, which is what they really need. They need defenders more than they need really anything else. I mean, you could always use a, a you know a tackle, right? I mean, it, you, it's important, but you know, looking at that team and their needs, it's more on the defensive side of the ball, and and it's tough to justify taking a defender at pick four, which is where I, which is kind of where I mean, there's I think there's going to be some speculation about Kyle Pitts going p- potentially to Atlanta. Yep. But I, you know, I think I think if if it were us four running the show in Atlanta, we would be doing everything we could to try to move back a little bit, address the defensive side of ball of the ball and get a future first round pick to then be able to retool post Matt Ryan. But who would trade back to seven. You can have it. Take, take the 2023, (laughs) take the Rams 2023 pick. You can have it. I want four sold. (laughs) There you go. All right. Eric, but you, I mean, you mentioned New England. We They're not going to do that. The Lions <laughs> won't do that. But, but, <laughs> I would. but we mentioned Denver. We mentioned New England. We mentioned Washington. 
Uh, Chicago, I think, could be a player. It doesn't seem like they have a lot of assets, but, they, you know, if teams are smart and they're looking at this draft as volatile as it's going to be and wanting to get picks in future years, Chicago could make this kind of a move. You could make – you could get – Pick, you could move up easier this year by giving up future picks this for next year and the year beyond that than you normally could. That that trade chart that uh, that I'm actually about to publish at Lions Wire in the morning is is fairly obsolete this year because the value of picks next year is going to be that much greater because we're going to have so much more insight. We're going to have a we're going to have a combine. We're going to have a college season. Yep. God willing, uh, we're going we're going to have so much more on the ball. And by the way, there's going to be so many more players that are in it because I think there were a lot of players that were going to enter this year that uh, either they, they're using that extra year of eligibility or they're transferring somewhere or they're doing something where, where you didn't have as many early entrants in that middle class, like the, the second, third round, as you normally get most years. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys who are going early this year are either like early, early first round picks or late picks that, that middle class which is where you normally get a lot of the guys who, who declare early. They just didn't come out as much this year. Let, let me ask you about pressure in the other direction, though. We have a, There's going to be a ton of free agents out there, right? There's going to be right? a ton of guys out there right now, and you're going to see a real surge in the cap. What is that? Does that devalue those draft picks a little bit? Because you can start building out your team with some guys that are still young, you know, just finishing their first contract or just finished in their second one year contract, right? I mean, it seems like there's going to be a smorgasbord of players available. It's going to be a buyer's market next year, I think, for talent for sure. Which, yep. boy, that puts the Lions right, right in a good spot to rebuild the team. But then again, everybody's in that same spot if they have any kind of salary cap. All right. Let's keep going. Oh, Nicholas, thank you for the super chat. Appreciate it. Lions straight up for four for franchise quarterback McCorkle Jones. All oh, right. boy. <laughs> All right, Eric, why don't you uh, talk some sense into us? Is anyone trading up to uh, with Atlanta, or are they going to pick? Well, the trick becomes, do one of these teams think that Atlanta is going to pass on a quarterback and then they can get a cheaper trade with the Lions, right? Um because teams aren't going to moving up to four is going to cost. Right. And especially when you're talking about uh, Chicago and Washington and even New England, it's going to cost quite a bit. And New England seems awfully apprehensive to, to shed draft picks uh, based on their history. Right. So uh, you could talk me into Denver wanting to um, move up to four, uh, but I don't know. I, I don't know if they would, if they're absolutely going to go that, that direction. Um, you have to look at this from the fact that Atlanta also has a new GM and they also have a new head coach. And while they did give Matt Ryan a, uh, they did restructure his contract and they've got, they're in the same situation as the Lions where they've got him for a quarterback for two years. Right. And beyond that, are, are they going to need a quarterback? So I don't know if they're sold on a quarterback. I think Kyle Pitts makes some sense here. Um, I, I think they would like to trade out, but I don't. Let's let's try and focus it this way. If they have to stay there and make the pick, who do you think that they would take? Right? Like I don't know if Scott. I don't know if you have an opinion on who you think they would take. I think they would take Kyle Pitts because when you you've got uh, Julio Jones under contract for a couple of years, but Riley is a uh, Ridley is in his uh, last year of his contract. Uh, they were a very explosive offense when they had a tight end, when Hooper was there. And so adding a Kyle Pitts would really turn this offense around fairly quickly. So 
I could see the GM wanting a quarterback. I could also see the, them looking at Kyle Pitts and saying, to a lot of teams, this this is the best non-quarterback in the class. So do you have an opinion on if they'd go quarterback or Pitts? Well, I, so I think the point about Pitts is is valid from the sense of, of what it would be, what it would do versatility-wise for their offense. And it would give Matt Ryan one last or two last, whatever you want right. to it, a last shot. Uh, Pitts is super intriguing. I think he would fit well with Hayden Hurst. I think he would be a player that they, obviously wherever Pitts goes, you need to move him around the formation. It's yes. one of the reasons why um, a destination like Detroit or Philadelphia is so intriguing. And it's the opposite of what I think most people would normally think is, well, the Lions already have a tight end. Mm-hmm. But the ability for them to put Hawkinson attached to the line of scrimmage and then play Pitts on the backside of a formation or to come out you know, five wide with Pitts and Hawkinson and have a defense then respond by going small with, you know, their dime package. Okay. Well, we're just going to bring it. We're going to bring everybody back in tight. And we're going to audible back in and run where we have mismatches. Same, same thing can be said for, you know, you, you, you come out in a heavy look and a defense stays with their heavy look and then you audible and you spread everything out. And now you have mismatches. Yep. And that's the Pitts thing is he's going to give you mismatches all over the field. So, the question is, do they want to give Matt Ryan a last run? You know, um, I think Pitts is in play at pick four. I really do. But is Trey Lance in, in play in, in Atlanta? He's a perfect fit there. And right. then the other side is a player like Penny Sewell available mm. in, in, like in the conversation. Right. So to me, it's those three. And, I, you know, Sewell, I think, is uh, he's 20 years old. He's going to be 20 at the start of the season. Um 25 years old signing his second contract. I just think he's going to play somewhere for a very long time. It's just, so this is the part where we talked about it. This draft is going to be wild because we don't know what a team like Atlanta with a new GM and a new head coach thinks about Matt Ryan. We know they've extended him, but do they really believe that he's going to help them or potentially help them win for two years? And if the answer to that is yes, then I think it's probably Pitts. Mm-hmm. And if they want to be conservative about developing and building, then it might be Sewell. But I, tough, you know, I mean. Yeah. Here, here's with for me, I, I'm not as high on Sewell going here. And, and, and the reason is, is because you've got uh, Jake Matthews, who they used the first round pick on back in 2014 at left tackle. You've got Caleb McGarry, who they used the first round pick on in 2019 at right tackle. And then so are you going to play him at guard? And if you are. Are you going to spend a, a, a number four pick on a guard? I, 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 I like the idea of Sewell. I'm very intrigued at, at adding offensive linemen, especially ones that are at a high level where you can. I just don't know if that's in the mix. For me, it's Lance or, uh, or, or Pitts. It's one of those two for me. And I just don't know which way uh, Fontenot is going, right? I don't know if he's like, I got to get my quarterback, Um because in, I, he, he might need two years, and I've only got Matt Ryan for two years. The bottom line for me, though, is when you look at the when you look at the quarterbacks, historically, you have like let's say three, four in a class. Two of them are going to bust, right? Yeah. And so, if you've got five in this class, how many of them are going to bust? And if you don't get your choice with the first three, how confident are you in your ability to, to analyze Trey Lance over 19 games and say, 
oh, for sure. He's the guy. And I'm betting my GM career on it because if you get to that third year and he busts and now Matt Ryan's gone, well, it's good by Fontenot, right? So I don't know if he'd be, in my mind, I think he would double down on Matt Ryan, give him a weapon and say, Hey, we were in a lot of games last year that just went the wrong way. Maybe we can get them to go the right way. That's why I'm, I'm leaning pits here. That's yeah. fair, and they have picks 35. You, you, I mean, you can yeah. address the defensive side of the ball early in round two. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes sense. And Pitts is, and Pitts is he is a, I mean, he is a transformative player. I think he would turn, he would take that offense, and that's a really good offense. Yep. Yeah. And it would then become a very problematic offense. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm all about the regime wanting to get their quarterback in a little bit. They, they want to do their work right now and uh, build that team out. And I think they're going to show up with a quarterback in a little bit to replace Ryan. I don't think that's the first place they want to go. Um, we moved your Eric Schlitt for the, for a moment, but I'm about to change that risk. <laughs> uh, bouncing windows in and out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my bad. My, my, uh, my internet, as it often does, uh, Tend to cut out. My son wasn't even here to make popcorn, so that wasn't the issue. <laughs> All right. Well, we got you back. Oh, he's he's back now. Um, so he's actually the only kid that can can reach where the router is, which is like up above our kitchen stuff. So no, no there. popcorn, son. All right. No, so no, he, he no, he's good. We're, <laughs> he, we're, he needs we're, to shower. We're wrestling here uh, between um, Pitts and, and Lance. And Lance, thank you, Trey Lance. Um, we're, we're, I we're think towards pits. And I think they're taking pits. I think he, the fact that he is an unusual weapon is going to be intriguing to them. The fact that they have a new regime in, I think that buys them a little time with Matt Ryan. Um, Matt Ryan's still good. I, I, I think that gets lost. Um, he, he had a pretty darn good year. He is a guy that you do have to protect well. But yeah, I, I, I think. So when I did when I did the um, I did a mock draft a couple weeks ago where I had I tried to trade up or, or trade back and I, I contacted wire editors I talked I talked to radio people that I know I talked to to team personnel that I know for a couple teams every single team said we're not moving up unless it's for Kyle Pitts every single one of them I have to think that the Falcons are going to see that sort of demand and be like why don't we take him <laughs> you know. <laughs> And, 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 and I, one of the teams I think that we we got to pay attention to is Dallas here. Oh yeah, because they're in love with Pitts. Yes, Jerry course. Jerry Jerry has already spent many a napkin on that. Yes. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> that's the wheelhouse, though, right? I mean, to come, sure to go from ten to four. Yeah, I think Atlanta would love that kind of a trade. Yeah, it's like the Lions going from seven to twelve. It's you know, it's a similar type of thing. I, th- I think that Kyle Pitts will be the number four pick, whether it's Atlanta or somebody else making it is probably the only real question I have. That's fair. okay. All right. We'll, we'll go with Kyle Pitts. We're going to leave Atlanta there just for the sake of curbing that conversation. Although I, I'll tell you, I feel like there's some, some parallels with Atlanta and Matt Ryan and the lions and Jared Goff yep. in that you have some quarterbacks that are a little older that have shown themselves to, to be completely capable, but more recently maybe haven't haven't played as well. And you don't know as much. Is it the system? Is it the players? Is it a combination? And uh, a lot of those those same narratives, uh, you know, and new front office, right? A lot of those yeah, narratives right. run side by side there, so it's going to be interesting. And their GM comes from the Saints, who 
where is where head coach comes from as well. Yes. So you have to think that they have the same or similar organizational values. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we've got Pitts to Atlanta. That leaves us with Cincinnati, well-known for having the best practice facility in the NFL. Cincinnati, uh, number five overall. Risden, where are you going first, man? So it's either going to be Panay Sewell or Jamar Chase. And for months and months and months, we were all locked in. Oh, they have to take Panay Sewell. Oh, my God. He's, he's the greatest offensive line prospect since at least Greg Robinson. No, no question about it. Oh, boy. Um, and I will just say I do see a tremendous amount of parallels between Panay Sewell and Greg Robinson as prospects coming out of college. It doesn't mean that I think that, that Sewell is going to wind up like Greg Robinson, but you damn well better believe that the NFL is worried about that more than you might think they are. There are scary amount of athletic parallels between those two and stylistic parallels. He is not the consensus number one overall tackle. I can I can guarantee you that. Um, I, I don't heard... know that he's the number one tackle for on Cincinnati's board. Exactly. Um, and the only real question: if Rayshon Slater had one inch longer arms, there would be no question he'd be the number one tackle on just about everybody's board. Uh, I, I I don't. I, I know the Lions fans who who don't really watch Northwestern and, and apparently don't watch Penn State either uh, would, would be shocked by that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Scott, I had to throw you a bone, buddy. We're going to get into this, <laughs> right? But so the the question is: Do you do you value a guy who, in Sewell who is very very he's a very very strong prospect? He's a very talented young man, and he could wind up being a great lockdown tackle. Or do you reunite Joe Burrow, your franchise quarterback, with the guy that he set college football records with, who set the SEC record for receptions, yards, the touchdown scoring yardage for, for the a receiver of Chase's ilk? My God. So it's, it's got to be one of those two. Yep. I talked with uh, a couple of different Bengals people, uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before that, and they were split. One of them, one of them told me Chase, and one of them told me, oh, it's, it's Sewell, hands down. So I don't know who to believe on that. Um, and I don't know. I, I, Here's my guess. Yourselves. Here's my guess. Uh, we've already seen Burrow go to the front office and say, I want my guy. I want, I want Chase with me. This is a very tackle strong class. And if you really think you need a tackle, you could get a tackle at, uh, you know, 35 or uh, 34, whatever they pick. Right. Yep. Yep. I think they make their quarterback happy and they give him chase. Uh, we got, I think that makes a lot of sense. And and I got to say, just he he corrected it later, but Loretto says, I really like Eric with the gray in his beard. It's like I can trust him even more. So I think with that, <laughs> I, with that gray in the beard, I think we've just consensusized on uh, Jamar Chase. You know, I got to tell a story. So I paid 23 and me all this money to, to do an ancestry thing on me. And they, they sent something to me like two months later about like these Neanderthal traits that I have. And it was offensive. Like you have, like the email was literally, I read it almost like, uh, are you able to walk kind of thing? Like, I can't believe I paid you all this money for this. And you know what? The, the latest thing they said, they sent me an email and asked me how old I was when my hair started to turn gray. And I was like, it never stood a chance. I can't believe I paid you people. I don't know why I'm telling this, but I, I find your genetics <laughs> offensive too, Scott. So it's okay. It's unbelievable. <laughs> It's the gray hair. So <laughs> the thing is, back to football, oh, yeah. 
if you knew that you were going to get Jamar Chase and let's say Cincinnati wanted to be very aggressive towards the middle middle to end part of round two and a player like Tevin Jenkins is available and you trade up for Tevin Jenkins and you walk out of you walk out of day one with Tevin Jenkins and Jamar Chase, I think you're looking at the Bengals and thinking it's very smart what they did. They as opposed to taking Yeah, as opposed to taking like Penny Sewell at at pick five and then drafting um I don't know, pick a wide receiver in round two. Kadarius Tony. Yeah. yeah. I mean, which way, which way do you like that? I mean, I think it's Chase. And by the way, if you, I mean, watching the 2019 film of Burrow and Chase, when things broke down, those guys were unbelievable together. Yeah. They just were. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's the way to go. I, I, there's risk there. Uh, obviously, you want to keep your, you know, your first rounder, your the first overall pick from two years ago, you want to keep them upright. But giving him Jamar Chase and then put, putting Chase with Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, yeah, that's a pretty solid offense, right? I mean, you and and then there's the Jonah Williams plays left tackle for us, so right. we need a right tackle type guy. Uh, Tevin Jenkins is that guy. You could go um, Jalen Mayfield from Michigan could be potentially that guy. So I think that's where I mean I think Chase is a really intriguing spot uh, with at pick five and. I would be taking Chase and then looking to be very aggressive with the with the right tackle who I thought could play for a long time. That's yeah. the way I would go. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. Uh, so that. Jmar Chase, number five yeah. to Cincinnati. A couple of housekeeping things first. Justin, thank you so much, man. Uh, Super Chat, $100. You guys rock. Can't, can't listen now. I'll catch the download. Wow. Keep up the great work. Hope Green wow. Bay trades up for a quarterback again. Really awesome of you. Thank you. That'd be great. And then Mr. Relax has probably one of the funnier comments of the day. I would trade all of our 2021 draft capital for a really good weak side linebacker. Not for a great one, though. I need something to complain about later. <laughs> that is a Lions fan right there. I could tell you got your, your bona fides. Bona fides. All right. Um, we'll move on to number six. We've got Miami, who gave up a good bit of treasure to Philadelphia to move up in the draft. Um, so far, we've got Trevor Lawrence going first, Zach Wilson to the Jets, Justin Fields to the Niners, Kyle Pitts to to uh, Atlanta, Jamar Chase to Cincinnati. Here we sit now with uh, Miami on the board. We'll start out. I'm going to start off with you again, Eric, because you, you, the gray just makes me really believe. It. <laughs> um, oh, look, they they specifically went to six for a reason, right? They felt like they needed to be in the six range because either they thought three quarterbacks were going to go and there were three non-quarterbacks that they liked. I don't know exactly who that person is, but they wanted to get ahead of Detroit for a reason. So are they in love with, uh, you know, like Sewell? I don't know. They Look, they spent a first round pick on a left tackle last year in Austin Jackson. Then they spent the second round pick on a tackle in, in uh, Robert Hunt. Right. So they've already, they've already invested high capital in their tackle. So I don't know if it's necessarily him. This is where the Parsons conversation comes in. Do, you know, there's all these rumors, right. That the lions have interest in, in Parsons and, and maybe it's legit or maybe it's just a lot of smoke because they're trying to get somebody to jump ahead of them, like with Miami. So, I'm not a hundred percent sure if they're going to uh, like target a guy like Parsons or if they're just going to take the best wide receiver uh, on the board. Right. Um, you know, you, you've got, you just bought in on Will Fuller. You've still got Devonta Parker. So I'm actually a little torn on this pick. Uh, I, the, 
I don't have a really like strong lean. I wouldn't be surprised if they were looking at a guy like Devonta Smith from, from Alabama. Right. Um, I don't know if someone else has a stronger lead that they want to take on this, but I don't think it's, I don't think this is necessarily Sewell. I, I do think that they're looking at, like I said, Parsons or, or a receiver. That's just kind of my gut. So I was told about six weeks in, in that range that the Dolphins really liked Sewell. Okay, great. But, you know, again, Tastes it's lying strange. season, right? So you just <laughs> don't know what you're hearing kind of stuff. But, I mean, it makes some sense when you think about what they've done in the draft and maybe moving um, the player they took last year, Hunt, uh, into guard kind of thing. Hunt can do um, that. He's a good player. Yeah, and it just it kind of solidifies the offensive line for Tua. But then there's the wide receiver component of things. And, and uh, you know, is it Devontae Smith? Uh, it, it's an interesting conversation with Smith, with with the body size and with just how low density he is. But, you know, it's tough to watch him and see him get pushed around. You don't see it much. He runs through press. He You know, he plays he a physical style of football. Uh, there's Jalen Waddell, who, I, and I mean, I can't think of a more exciting player. Uh, like, it's like he was wearing a jetpack kind of thing. So it's more like, you know, you just got Will Fuller. He's your vertical, he's your vertical guy. I would think that if Miami is looking at receiver, which I think, I mean, Miami has receiver needs. Um, I think they need offensive linemen. They need defensive linemen. You're not taking a defensive lineman here, but you could, you know, they have pick 18 and they have picks uh, 36. So you could take a receiver with pick 18 if you decided to go O-line in this range. But I could see Devontae Smith sort of meshing well with what they already have there. You have Mike Gesicki, you have the vertical weapon with Will Fuller, you have uh, Devontae Parker, you know, your bigger red zone type. And then you have pure route runner and Devontae Smith. And all of a sudden, it's a pretty good stable receiver for Tua. Yeah, and Smith can live in the slot, too. Like, yeah. he doesn't have to be on the outside. And, and I've said this before uh, about Smith. Everyone knew the ball was going to him this year, especially when Waddle went down and he still got it and he still got open and he still produced even when they knew the ball was coming his way. And so he's, he's, he finds a way to produce it. And I think he gets, he gets dung a lot for the, uh, for the legs, but I'm not as worried about those, uh, those, those, you know, that lower body as, as some people are. I, I think he's a good player. I think he would fit in with what they have. Like I, uh, like you said, I, I stylistically with the receivers, it, he makes sense. Uh, the one thing I do want to point out though, as far as with Parsons, before I pass it over to Jeff here, their, their linebackers are pretty rough. Uh, but um, what do they have? McKinley and Jerome Baker. That's not super great. Right. Would be so that's why I, Nothing better than if Micah Parsons went in front of the six period. Sure. Let me, let me ask you, cause we've talked about it on the show. Riz and I, we've, we've beat this horse. Well, there's two things. One, you said you, he, he was, he was dung. Do you mean he was dinged or was it crap? <laughs> I didn't know which one it was, <laughs> but both fit. So it, it worked out. <laughs> um, like grammar police. I love it. Yes. I'm infecting the America. I That's great. Uh, okay. So no, the question I want to ask you guys really is about Smith. The, the big knock that he gets from everybody is about size. Right. And mm-hmm. I just, He's not going to be able to withstand in the NFL. And then the, the counterpoint is always, did you ever see Golden Tate? The guy never took a hit. He, he lasted a long time. He was the guy that could, could really, really avoid a hit and, and, and do all kinds of things like Smith did. Um, I'll start with you, Eric, really quick. What's your thoughts on the knock on size for Smith? 
Is I'm it, not worried it? about it. Like you said, like I, I can't remember when he actually got hit like significantly, you know, like he, he what he did against Ohio State in the national championship was astounding. Right. Yeah. 200 yards in the first half. And then he's like, oh, my my wrist, I'll, I'm, I'll just sit the second <laughs> half. Right. So like he, I, I'm not as big. Look, you look at the historical data and it says there's a low chance of him being durable. But look, you can't always rely on data. You have to put what you see in and see and you have to be able to translate that as an analyst. Right. And from and from from my perspective, he translates. He's a top 10 pick all day for me. Yep. Okay. Scott, where's your head at? Same? Different? It's. I mean, it's in a similar place. It's just I think there are moments on film where you, you where you do see him get pressed and you do see him struggle to to get off that um, where he'll get, you know, he'll get pushed in, into the boundary kind of thing. But there are also moments when he plays a lot bigger than than his size. Like I, I, there, I don't think there's any way, way he played at 170 pounds. I just don't. I think he was was lower than that. Mm-hmm. But having said that, watching him play, he plays physical. He, you know, he he doesn't go down easy. He's he works through contact. He does all those things. It's just I think it's going to get a little more difficult for him at the NFL level. But he runs routes so well. Uh, I think he'll be okay. And it's just a matter of like this in the finish for what he would do for their offense, I think is more, more intriguing than it may be for some other offenses. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to, I want to jump in real fast. I'm sorry. You get him in the slot where he's successful. You've got smaller bodies, less likely to get pressed. The slot is really where I think he's going to, he's going to make a lot of money uh, at the next level. Yeah, no, that's great. I love it. Thank great. you so much. Riz, I'm going to unleash the Riz now. Sorry. I didn't want to, I wanted to oh. get their opinion. Cause no, you're good. I um, so, so from Miami, uh, we had Kyle, Kyle Krabs, uh, noted Dolphins guy. And, uh, uh, I forget draft what title network. is it. Yeah. Draft network. Uh, <laughs> right. A super guru, um, one of the smartest people I know, uh, did a great job on here. He thought they moved up for Pitts. Uh, in this situation, Pitts isn't here. I think the the overriding theme is that they moved up to get Tua weapons. They need to make Tua work. Mm-hmm. Their wide receiving core is not great. Um, Gesicki is a a decent tight end. Um, he's not as good as Hawkinson um, if, if you're playing score that way, but he's close. He can be close to him anyways, but they sorely need a number one weapon, uh, be it on the outside or be a guy that can, can, you know, play in the slot. Um, Gesicki likes to play in the slot. You can move him around. You can have two, you can have a double slot. You can come out of, you know, multiple formations, things like that. Smith gives you that. I think Jalen Waddle also gives you that. Uh, and I think he's, I think he's the premium weapon. Uh, I know Krabs had him as his number one wide receiver, and uh, I'm not going to argue with Kyle on that because I, I see what he sees. So I, I think I think I think they would look at him. But uh, Eric raises a very good point. Parsons is the type of they are coached by Brian Flores. Who did Brian Flores play under or coach under? He's from not just the Belichick tree. He's from the Parcells tree, where big thumping middle linebackers are the focus of your defense. They're literally the only people in the NFL who care about that whatsoever these days, mm-hmm. that, but they're in Tennessee. They're in Miami. They used to be in Atlanta. They're, they used to be in Houston. They're not anymore. They used to they, be in Detroit. They did used to be in Detroit. <laughs> Thank God that's over. So the question is, is does Flores value that? 
as much as we think that a guy like Matt Patricia would, or a guy like, like Bill Belichick would, although I think Belichick has, has learned from the error of his ways that you have to have a little bit more than that. I don't know, man, because they really do need a They need middle of the field defense. Mm-hmm. They have to have it. And Parsons, his ability to blitz from there and also line up on the outside, um, lined up over a tight end, throw the tight end to the ground, and then go get the quarterback. He's really good at that. Do we feel like they can do that at pick 18, though? Yes, and that and that's the other thing. This draft is stupid deep and off-ball linebackers. <laughs> stupid deep. You you can get what's you can get word, guys. Reason? What's the, what's your safe word? <laughs> you can get <laughs> Mika Parsons at seven, right? <laughs> you can get guys in the fourth round this year who would have been first round off-ball linebackers a year ago. That there's just that many of them, and the demand is so freaking low for them right now. Because most teams, if they need them, they have one already. Miami is about the only team that needs one, really needs one, and doesn't have one. So they, I don't know, man. I I, I do see what Eric sees that you know. That, okay, we had to get up because Detroit could feasibly take Parsons because Detroit obviously needs an off-ball linebacker, and they they need an more than that. They need an impacted defender. Um, I, I don't think position is to cheat ahead a little bit here. I don't think position is as important for the Lions as getting somebody who can freaking play. Yeah. To go Dan Campbell. They need somebody who is an alpha presence on the field and off the field. And that's, I mean, that, that, that is Parsons for better or for worse. Um, the guy is an impact talent when he's on the field. I, you'll never hear me besmirge his potential. Um, I, I think people overhype certain parts of his potential and downplay other things. But so, let, can I jump in just for a second yeah. right here? Because it's I think yeah. it's the perfect jumping point. Is he is an incredible athlete? Yes, he is, no doubts. But to just assume that he's gonna end up being uh, a reliable player in coverage, even though that's just not what Penn State does with him, I think we've seen that mistake get made. You know, I mean, Jared, you mentioned it earlier on Twitter, Jeff, and it's there are it's it's an apt comparison. Jared Davis would run himself out of out of gaps, yep. being aggressive and, and and attacking. He would get out of position. So does Parsons. Not, yeah, I mean, it, you. It's not to the extreme that Davis does, but it's there. It's there though. There's there's a hint of that in his in his play, but you don't see he's not dropping back into coverage. If anything, he's blitzing. He's coming right. off the corner. So. If you're if you're telling me that they're taking a two down linebacker who's going to give them some blitz stuff on third down and they're going to do that with the sixth pick in the draft, I don't know. I mean, I think you could you know you could even re- be reaching on a player like Jamin Davis at pick eighteen. I think that's early for him, like really early Agreed. for him. But it's even similar things. Yeah, Zayvon Collins is a good fit there. Yes, yeah. and I think Zayvon Collins might be a better football player. Than Parsons, and he's just not the flashy oh, athlete that Parsons is. But Let me ask you this: So last year we had a conversation in, in Lions Land about Isaiah Simmons at number three, about how he was this transcendent talent that could do anything. Week one, he couldn't cover Jesse James. <laughs> Jesse yeah. freaking James. Mm-hmm. He and Parsons. You're right, Scott. On film, his his drops. He. He, he's never covered anybody in man. They go shallow drop. They will have him roll to the middle of the field as a robber occasionally. 
But in terms of like turning and running with a tight end, he doesn't do that. Lining up. No, and I don't slot, think that's his game. I don't think no, that's his no, game at all. They didn't ask him to do that either. So he would have to learn how to do that. When there are got Jamon Davis, he can do that. We've seen yep. him do that at Kentucky. We saw him do it incredibly well last year. Baron Browning at Ohio State can do that. There are guys, Zayvon Collins, one of the best coverage linebackers I've ever seen off the ball. Now, he did it at Tulsa, and that's, that's certainly a different league than, the, than what you're, you're playing in. The depth of his drops and his ability to find the ball, plus oh, the it's, size. It's, 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 rock, it's rocking, man. I love that yeah. guy. Um, he, he's the dream pick for the Browns at 26, although I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, it's uh, – there. I see too many people in Lions land who apparently have only ever – heard that Chandler or that Micah Parsons is the only linebacker who played football in, in 2019 and simultaneously they clearly didn't watch him play plus there's the <laughs> off the field stuff which is right so um, the general know, thing that I've is. gotten from the NFL is that it he he passes that sniff test but they're not throwing the they're not they're not letting it go yeah like like you got one strike um, it's not two strikes. It's not. It's not like Reuben Foster coming in, or um, Alden Smith or anything like that. But he's got that strike. But they're they're willing to let him get another one before. It, and that that's I've heard that from a bunch of different sources. All right. Um, I'm not comfortable with it. I, I don't think I don't think Scott is. I don't think Eric is all that much. But I, it's I think that the NFL is willing to to look overlook some there some, not entirely, but some. I'm getting the sense yeah, though. Sorry, go ahead, Scott. Does he fit with Miami right at, at pick six? Does he does. He, does he oh, that's the thing. But I, 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 I'll go back to what Kyle told us. They moved up for a weapon. Yep. And the best weapon on the board right now is Jalen Waddle, in my opinion. Um, I would entertain an argument for Smith um, because I, I also think he's very good. I think with Waddle, you're getting a little bit more. And this is something that, that, uh, that Emery Hunt told us last week, Chris. Mm-hmm. Who was more productive when both of them were on the field? Jalen Waddle was. Yeah. 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 So we, we talked a little bit about Micah Parsons. It looks like we're out on him at six. So now we're kind of juggling between Smith and Scott and Eric. We're talking about uh, Devontae Smith uh, earlier, and mm-hmm. uh, we've now kind of thrown some Waddle into the mix. Uh, Eric, what, what are you thinking between Smith and Waddle? Yeah, I tell you, I, I have Waddle the uh, higher on the board as well. I just uh, the, I threw Smith out there because I think he fits real well with what they're doing. I, I you could he does you, you could apply the same thing to Waddle realistically. Um, the, the Waddle and Fuller are are stylistically similar uh, in the fact that they're both speedy deep threats. Uh, but you know you look look what KC does with them, right? I mean, like they've right. got a couple speedy threats, and it's it's not like they run over each other or anything. So I, I'd be okay if you guys were leaning Waddle over Smith here. Uh, it wouldn't bother me. I, I it's I'm fifty one forty nine. Put your Miami hat on. Plans to Waddle and having Will Fuller run vertical shots. Say that one more time. Just throwing little slants to Waddle. Yeah. Letting him run and throw and throwing vertical shots to Fuller. Yeah. And then flooding parts of the field with Kasicki and Devontae Parker running deeper, you know, deeper dig type routes. I mean, it just it gives you multiple layers. I of- like the formulation of that offense. Um, I wish yeah. they had a good quarterback. Well, look, but you also talk about the fact that we paired Chase with Burrow. Yeah, Waddle played with Tua. And so Waddle and Smith both played with Tua, right? So, like, yeah. makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I think you know we saw a lot of production 
out of uh, we saw more production out of Smith when Tua was there because Ruggs was in there right ahead of Watt. Or was am I going too far back? Uh, no, no, regardless, you're, you're fine. Okay. You're good. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, the, those Bama guys, man, they're just loaded. They just right? load them up and shoot them out, man. He's Pete's. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm indifferent. I'd take either one. I'm comfortable with either if you guys are, are leaning one over the other. We'd have to ask Tua's dad, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, where you at? What? Waddle. I'd be, Waddle. I would okay. go Waddle. If it were right. me, I'd be, I'd be Waddle all day. I, okay. I'm, I'm Waddle tier too. I have Waddle rated higher, and I th- I think they will too. So yep. okay. I'll go with Waddle. All right. I think he has less size concerns, although he's not big either. Right. And he he ironically enough is coming off the injury. It's a broken bone though. Broken bones are rel- they're relatively right? easier to come back. It's not a soft yeah. tissue injury. Soft tissue industry injuries are more indicative of frailty, and uh, you don't get that with either of those guys, honestly. Yep. So. Yep. All right, so far we've got Jacksonville taking Trevor Lawrence, New York Jets taking Zach Wilson, the 49ers, Justin Fields, Atlanta, Kyle Pitts, Cincinnati with Jamar Chase, Miami taking Jalen Waddell, and as we get here to number seven, I want you all to remember, as Lions fans, you're about to get your pick, and I wish this was around back in the Ebron days. Head on over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com, cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Take care of your pain, anxiety, and insomnia so oft caused by this team. Uh, you get a great deal if you use coupon code LIONS at the checkout. You'll get 50% off. Uh, they've got all kinds of uh, sales this week. But uh, just for everyone, I like to kind of make this distinction so you know. There's regular old everyday CBD that they have. That's great stuff. Takes care of all those pain, anxiety, and uh, insomnia. Takes care of all those things. Uh, and you can pass a drug test. Now they have this other stuff called Delta 8, their chill line, and their Delta 8 Extreme. That stuff, it, it won't pass a drug test, and you'll get a massive buzz. Like, just take one the first time and see what happens. Chill out, because I've gotten stories from people who have done way too many and lost a night. Uh, evidently, it works really well. So if you're after the buzz, as well as pain, anxiety, and insomnia, you can go with that chill line. Again, head over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com and take care of that head of yours. All right. Number seven, you've got your CBD infused. You're ready to handle it. Um, We've got uh, Micah Parsons on the board, Jeff. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? Are you going to make the pick? Are you going to pull the trigger? Oh, I am not. No. (laughs) What's wrong with (laughs) off-ball linebacker? So so let me tell you where I'm at with this. because uh, So I am doing the... um, uh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles in-house thing, Fran Duffy, we all know him, um, asked me to make the Lions pick for them in their mock draft. And I I made this pick earlier today, and the board fell exactly like this from the people that he asked before me. I went Panay Sewell here at seven because I think that's what the Lions will do. I think they're going to take Panay Sewell if Waddle and Chase are off the board. And Fields, because I do, I do think they would take, I, I do think they would take Justin Fields if he was available. I don't think they're taking any other quarterback here. Uh, we could, we can certainly discuss the, we can discuss the merits of Trey Lance. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to taking Trey Lance here, but I don't think they're going to do it. And with Boy. the wide receivers the way they are, I don't think they're taking Devontae Smith. I, I don't see them seeing him in the way that we do or the way that some other teams will. I, I, I just don't get that vibe from them. I also think that, that Brad Holmes has learned that Tavon Austin didn't work. <laughs> first, that was his first – when he was a college uh, – the college, college director, that was the first first-round pick uh, for Holmes. 
Yeah. Oops. (laughs) 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 He did follow it up with Brockers, thankfully. (laughs) Yes. Twice. I I tell you, this, uh, I think we should... I think we should probably expand what else are you on thinking about here. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Because like right now I'm with you. I think if, if the board lays like this, it's Sewell. And, and I, and Scott's, I think, you know, he can see he's, he's with us as well. Like it, this became a very, very boring pick real fast. Right. <laughs> uh, but I could see that I could see Slater making a case, making a push. Yes. I, do, I, I do think Slater is underrated. Uh, I, I do think if Sewell was off the board, we would be still talking about Slater here uh, as a potential option. I think he's that highly rated. He could go in the top seven. Um, you know, I think I, I'm not in love with Smith at, at this point, just for the Lions and what they're trying to do. And uh, I don't like Micah Parsons here. And <laughs> and, I, and I, I'm not as in love with with uh, Trey Lance here either. I, I think for. I mentioned this earlier when we were talking about Atlanta, the bust rate on quarterbacks is so high expecting all five of these guys to hit is, is I think naive. Right. And so I don't think that Brad Holmes is going to risk his future on a guy that he may not see the field for two years right now. I think he's, he wants to see what he has in golf before he weighs in on, on a quarterback. So I think it's Sewell Slater's going to give him a big push here. Smith would be kind of right in that mix too, but I I think Sewell would it, if he fits exactly what they're looking for, and then Oregon tackle replaces another Oregon tackle at right tackle for the Lions. All right, and I'm and I'm going to challenge really quick and, and hand it to you, Scott. Okay, um, there's an argument that the Lions are are in pretty good shape at the offensive line overall, comparatively in the league. Right? It's I, I I'm I'm of the mind that you can never be satisfied at offensive line because the defensive players are just so crazy athletic. But at some point, you've just got to say, okay, that's that's going to be good enough. Um, conversely, you look at if we're going to evaluate Jared Goff and get a good understanding of what he is as a quarterback, he needs some some weapons that are more than wide receiver three or four, right? Mm-hmm. And this would be a great time to get something like that. When you, you think about the, the difference in value you'd get at a wide receiver now, versus an offensive uh, lineman in the second round, and and vice versa, right? I just want you to kind of weigh in on that a little bit because I know a lot of people are thinking, I want weapons right now, and this is a good spot to get a good weapon to evaluate this quarterback, and if he's not the one, to put a little security blanket in place for whoever is his replacement in the future. Well, I think so those are good points. I think that one of the ways that you can help Goff is to keep him protected. Yep. Right. And, and to make him comfortable in the pocket, to make it so, you know, things aren't so chaotic for him. And, it, you know, um, I, I understand the mentality that the Lions offensive line's in a good place right now. But I think the left side of their line is with the center. Mm-hmm. That looks good going forward. But who's right guard? Who's right tackle? And I don't uh, do we know right now? I don't know. I mean, do we think Vitae is going to play right tackle for them and is going to, is going to be a stabilizing player for them? No. No. And I'm not sure that he's going to play right guard for them. Right. So there's some of that there's some unknown there, but if you if you're telling me that Penny Sewell at 20 years old is going to play right tackle for them for four whatever years and then he's going to eventually move over to the left side when when Taylor Decker moves on in his career, I think having a player who's going to play for you for a long time is a smart investment. Now it's not a sexy pick. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of boring, 
unless you unless you love football built from the trenches like that. <laughs> but I do think that I mean I think that if you throw if you're putting Penny Sewell as the right tackle and you've got Frank Ragnow and Jonah Jackson, Taylor Decker, and you can find somebody to play guard for you, which is easily I'm not saying at a high level, but sure, sure. you know, you can find replacement level guards, that is a very good offensive line. Yep. And you are giving Jared Goff a shot, even though you're not really giving him weapons in round one. But but remember, you can find a, a good receiver in round two. Kadarius Tony, so, as we talked about earlier, is, is a great yeah, Tony, early second round. Uh, there's there's a few of them. Elijah Moore yeah. would be great. Yep. Elijah Moore would be a, a he's a perfect uh, prototype for what Holmes has done. Yes. In, in the really good route runner, yards after catch. Goff is one of those guys who needs to trust his receivers. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, giving him help up front is just, it's smart. Yep. And that's why it's still there. That's exactly why I wanted you to make that argument, though, because it's not a sexy pick. And I think a a lot of people are going to be taken aback if we we go with an offensive line. And I'm not crazy about it. um, I, I, I rate Slater higher than I rate Sewell. I, I rate Elijah Vera, Vera Tucker higher than I rate either of them. Right. But he is a guard, and you cannot take a guard in the top ten. Uh, so, yeah. Um, the the only devil's... Slater instead of Penny Sewell. Yeah. It's, the point is that you're... Right, yeah, exactly. Something. Yeah. Yep. The, the premise stands up, yeah. Yes. Um, if you get one of those two guys at right tackle. And we, we all assume we all know they're going to extend Frank rag. Now yes. you are going to have uh Decker Jackson rag and Sewell Slater through 2023, right? Like that is some stability on the line. Now, if you can, you can find that right guard, that's, that's the only missing piece. Jared Goff needs two things, an offensive line that can keep him upright and, uh, and wide receivers that can separate. Yeah. You, by giving him a right tackle here, you are keeping him upright. And that's a huge – It goes a long way to evaluating Jared Goff. There you go. And isn't let, it, me, let, me, let me bring up a uh, – Goff away from McVeigh. Yeah, right. I'm really interested to see that because – We I all think, are. <laughs> I think as time goes on, we're going to see that McVeigh is a little bit Patricia-like where True. it's yeah. – it's, there's rigidity to that offensive scheme. And as long as we do what my scheme does, we're good. Okay. But teams have figured out your scheme. We need to, we we need to change some things. And I'm not sure that he helped much there. So I I think disagree with that at all. I'm, I'm a hundred percent on board with that, Scott. And that's, that's the, I think that's the one thing as a lions fan that gives me the most hope for Jared Goff, because I don't know that we've seen everything that Jared Goff can do. We may have, well, and we'll we'll find out. This is this is going to be a crazy year. But I think you're right about McVeigh, and um, we'll, it'll be interesting to see Matthew Stafford in McVeigh's system this year. It's it's going to be a great year to watch football. I, I know yeah, that. And even as just a Lions fan, just the change in coaching, these games are going to be so much more fun. Oh God, this is going to be a great year. Um, all right, we landed on Sewell. Well, let me let me bring later. something up here. Is there any <laughs> is there any thought about a defensive player not named Micah Parsons? A guy like Quiddy Pay, a guy like Patrick Sertain, a guy like Jalen Phillips. Uh, that's probably about the only ones you would really consider there. <laughs> I think it's too early for either of the edge guys. Um, 
And, and I don't think you can double dip at corner, especially when it takes yeah. so long to develop. Um, we saw that with the CUDA last year and you've got a young guy in Oarie. I don't think, I don't know if you can add a third one. It, look, if, if your plan was to take certain and to use him on the outside. And then when, when you want to uh, go into a nickel and you bring Oarie on the outside and then now certain becomes like a hang safety, now I'm interested. Now, if you're talking about turning him into um, into like one of those like hybrid like safety nickel corners, you know, that are like you know huge and like that have uh, kind of started to take over secondaries, I, I'm interested. Uh, I just don't know if he can do that, and I, I'm not sure you can quite double dip there. Not not in the top ten twice. And and Quiddy Pay for me is is. Uh... I think he's more of a project. And the nice thing about where the lions are is they do have time. Mm -hmm. They've got some time to develop these guys, but I think he's more project than um, a lot of people are looking at with him. I don't think he's going to, I do not think he would come in right away and be super productive as an edge player for them. A couple of years from now might be a different story, but I'm not sure that, you know, he's a developmental player. I think Quiddy comes off the bench if you draft him and you can't have that with your seven. Agreed yeah, with that. Yep. Totally. Off the bench. Yeah. Good. All right. So last question, because it's the lions, just going to make sure we give it the full treatment. Any options here for the trade? Does anybody want to come up yeah. to seven for Trey Lance for something else? So we have Trey Lance and Mac Jones still on the board. Yeah. And I think all the teams we mentioned earlier are in, are in play. Yeah. New England, Chicago, Denver, um, although the, the impetus here would be to get in front of Denver and Carolina and Carolina could conceivably still take a quarterback. I, I kind of doubt it, but they could, I, I think Brad Holmes could market that like, Hey, mm-hmm. the, they got Darnold. Darnold's no, no safe bet. And, and, you know, Teddy's gone. I don't even know who the, I honestly, I honestly don't know who their backup is in Carolina right now. <laughs> so um, they might have, uh, what's his name? One of the, one of the Kyles who wasn't very good from a couple of years ago. Uh, the Texas A&M I'm version. Thinking Kyle Allen, right? Yeah, yeah. He's in Washington, I don't God, know who the backup is either. Oh, that's right. He went with Rivera. Yeah, um, but yeah. but he's behind Taylor Heineke there now too. Yes. And well, they got somebody else now too. It's magic, baby. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> I can't keep track, man. There's too many quarterbacks moving around. Isn't isn't I, it PJ Walker? Didn't oh, yeah. isn't that the guy who played against us? Right, that's right. The the little guy from Temple, and yeah. He, yeah. I, I I like him, uh, but he's he's tiny. <laughs> Yeah. I'm trying uh, to think about it. Like, I think Denver could make it. I think Denver could come up to seven if, you know, and it wouldn't cost them much, right? Give, give us your but, third round pick. Move up yeah, two spots. You'd be securing it. You wouldn't have to worry about somebody jumping in front of, in front of you to with Carolina. Right. So that's a natural place. I think uh, Dallas, if they fell in love with a corner could be, could be this situation. Right. Do, do they have to have certain or do they have to have JC Horn or Michael or the other? I, I mean, Parsons. Michael Parsons is a perfect player for Dallas. Their linebackers are worse than Detroit's. They no are, question. And they are significantly higher profile, too. And they understand that they need more playmaking from that position. Yeah. So See, if you think person. Jared Davis was bad, go watch Jalen Smith in Dallas's defense, and you'll think, oh, my God, why did we not max out Jared Davis? Because that guy cannot play football. <laughs> Isn't Micah Parsons like Jalen Smith? 
I mean, like it, that's kind of my comp for him, right? In a lot, if you so, play him off the ball, Mike, I think he's he's similar to that. One of the worries that you have with a guy who is a freak athlete and needs to be a freak athlete to be what he is is if they get hurt, do they do they fully recover? A and B, do they worry about getting hurt again? Which is clearly what's happened with Jalen Smith because he he is not aggressive whatsoever anymore. And when he was at Notre Dame before that injury happened, before Taylor Decker tore his knee up. Um, not not Decker's fault, but uh, oh, he, he was, was a different player. dude. He was yeah. a different dude. He really yeah. was. He he was better th- there than Parsons was at Ben State. <laughs> he, yeah, yeah. But I think that I think that there's a and a, now he's a, not. You know, <laughs> we love Jalen Smith for what he was as a player, and Micah Parsons is right there with him. You know, I mean, is Dallas moving up a few spots to take a linebacker? I doubt it. But no, because well, Denver, Denver. Look at yep. their. We'll we'll get to nine. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll save that. Yeah. Right. So we're 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 on Sewell here, right? And we're, Sewell is we're seven. Tight, yeah. no trade, and pay okay. Sewell. All right. All right. The Lions have picked. For those of you who need your CBD, go ahead and go get that now. All right. We'll move on now to Carolina. Not my favorite pick, eight. but it is what it is. All right. I'm just going to do a quick uh, housekeeping thing here. We're at eight, and we've been at this for a little over an hour. Um, we'll probably talk a little less about the rest of the guys as we go forward, just because. Yeah. I, I want to be done before 3 a.m. Um, so let's get in. Carolina at 8. We'll start with you, Scott. Uh, who do you think they're grabbing? So I would think that they would need O-line. Uh, I think corners in play here. Um, they lost Curtis Samuel. I think wide receiver is intriguing here. Tight end, maybe. Uh, secondary help kind of thing. But I think Rashawn Slater, if Penny Sewell goes 7, Rashawn Slater seems to make some sense to me at 8. Uh, I mean, is Devonte Smith a player they'd be looking at? Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, Patrick Sertan fits. So those are the three guys I'd be looking at. I think that that's kind of where I would start. You know, pare it down from there. Yep, yep. All right, Eric. Yeah, I, I'm. I think corner makes some sense here. Um, I don't. I, I'm not so sure. I mean, look, if if, if you're projecting that Sewell or Ed that Slater is going to play on the right side and supplant Greg Little, then I'm, I'm fine. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense um, because they just franchised uh, Moton. Right? Taylor Moton is a very yeah. good player too. Yeah, yeah. and he's, he's going to hold down that right side. I don't see him switching to the left. Um, yeah, I think corner makes – makes sense here. Um, this is this is why I think we had to just talk about the fact that Dallas might be willing to trade up. What is because putting Sertain on the field uh, here with them makes some sense. I would lean towards him. Okay. Riz, how you feeling? Sertain? I I yeah, I, I think so. Um they've they Greg Little was a second round pick in 2019. He's not awful. No, uh, their their offensive line as a whole is not terrible. They they could they they've spent some money on it and spent mm-hmm. some resources on it. So I, I think they did not adequately replace James Bradbury when he left, and I think that's that's a that's a hole for them in the division they're in. You're adding Kyle Pitts in that division now. <laughs> You've got you know, who knows what's going on with 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 New Orleans, but I mean you got Michael Thomas in that division. Um, Sertain is a big enough guy that he can handle the big physical receivers like that or Julio Jones, um, everything that Tampa throws at you. Uh, you cannot have enough defensive backs there. So I, 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 I kind of like Sertain there. And I will tell you this, most people that I've talked to grade Sertain higher than they graded Okuda a year ago, and Okuda went three. Hmm. Now, 
uh, I, I know, I know Eric expects a lot more out of Okuda this year. And I assume Scott does. And I, you, y'all know, I do. I, I think we're going to see a much different Jeff Okuda this year, but if you're getting the top end Okuda and you can get that at eight, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, so we will put Patrick Sertain in for Carolina at number eight. Um, Loretto, thank you for the super chat. He, good question. Um, this is probably something for you guys for the future as you do your um, your, your work on the beat with your credentials. Uh, next time, maybe Rod Wood shows up for some questions. Key question, what have they done about upgrades on Ford Field? There hasn't been a, a press release or anything really released about that, but with a year off, it's given them an opportunity maybe to invest in infrastructure a little bit, you know, a year without the crowds. It would be really nice to hear what, if anything, that they've done to uh, improve the fan experience. Not to say it was bad, but just to, what they've done to improve the experience overall. All so right. we're allowed to have fans back. Oh, we yeah, will. we will. They, yes. t- they took down that dagger sign. Dagger <laughs> sign. <laughs> Huge improvement. Dagger time. Huge improvement. <laughs> I can hear Jim Costi like dagger time in my head over and over again. <laughs> Love you, Jim. <laughs> All right. Number nine, we've got Denver up. And uh, let's uh, start with you, Riz. What is Denver going to do? They are in a perfect spot to get a developmental quarterback like Trey Lance. Yeah. Perfect spot for them. Let Drew Locke play it out. Either he wins it and, and you know, he is. What about Mac Jones? I would take, well, I, see, I don't know. There. Is, I, I view him as like the anti drew lock. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Uh, I, and they have weapons for days there. They do. And, yeah. and Jerry Judy did not have a great rookie year or certainly not a great start to his rookie year. He got better as the year went on. Uh, I believe he led the NFL in drops, and I don't think that's going to repeat itself either. They do have weapons. They have something of an offensive line, enough that they could get by. uh, All the talk about – Denver was loaded with weapons, and I'd forgotten about Cortland Sutton. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like – I mean, you have Tim Patrick, you have Sutton, you have Jerry Judy, you have K.J. Hamler, you have Noah Font. Can we get one, two? Put a capable quarterback there and – it's good. It looks good. And it Max, like- Mac Jones is the kind yeah. of guy he can keep the trains on time for that sort of exactly. offense. Exactly. The question is, do you want it now? Do you think you're ready to compete in that division now? Or do you think you let, you, you give Locke another year, you let Lance learn, you learn, get him into the system, you see if your head coach can be a coach or not, because I think the, the jury is very much out on Vic Fangio at this point. Do you, do you start then where you've got the new quarterback in already? And as a selling point to a potential coach, hey, hey, look, we can get rid of this guy, and you've got Lance here already, ready to roll now. So this um, is like the upside versus ceiling discussion. Right. That's and you've so- just got a new GM in, in, in George Payton, who comes from a, an organization in Minnesota where having an acceptable quarterback was apparently okay. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you trust Pat Shermer to develop Trey Lance? You know what I mean? Like that's that's the thing, because because I can see right exactly. I can see. Look, we've all seen it where quarterbacks that need to sit get pushed on the field early, and then they don't develop, and their confidence gets shots, and then they bust. I can see them taking Lance, keeping Locke as a starter, him struggling, and then forcing Lance in, and now you've busted both of their careers. Oh, let's see what we've got here. Uh, uh, I mean, honestly, yeah. I could I could see that play out, and then that whole thing gets blown up. Whereas if you take Mac Jones, it's safer. 
It's solid. Like you said, with Peyton, uh, look, Mac Jones is Kirk Cousins right? in so many ways. Right. Yeah. And so it, it, Mac Jones does make some sense here uh, for, for Denver. And why couldn't Mac Jones sit and as long as, you know, oh, until could. the point when they say, yeah, yeah you're lying he about could. the idea of having a quarterback sit, right? Because he, he and Lance, Lance have the same amount of that, college stars. It's not. They do. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly different leagues. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, just a little bit. Yeah. And, and Lance, um, I would encourage, so I'll, I'll go off on Trey Lance for a quick second here. Everybody talks about his great games, and then they talk about the bad game last year. The, the first game I watched of Trey Lance was the Illinois State playoff game in the FCS playoffs two years ago where they scored nine points against a defense that blitzed the hell out of him and forced him to throw the ball. They did not let him run. They didn't have one spy. They had two spies, and they blitzed him. Um, And they're like, hey, receivers beat us, and they didn't, and he couldn't do a thing. So I think that they're going to realize that, and you might have talked me into Mac Jones here, Eric. (laughs) All right, Bischoff, Scott, you, you there? Yeah, I, I mean, I think Mac Jones makes some sense if you're looking, you know, to get the only, more the, safe. The only position they wouldn't do is if you want to give Vic Fangio his druthers and he would take Micah Parsons. And I oh. think he would take Micah Parsons. This is the guy who took Rokon Smith in the first round. Yeah. That worked out pretty well for Chicago. <laughs> and I think that makes sense, too. But then, so you can see how this is such a difficult decision for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. do you have a capable player in Drew Locke? Yeah, but he's volatile. Do you want to calm that situation down? Do you want to upgrade the middle of your defense? You know, uh, it's a tough call. It really is. I just, I'm, I, th- I mean, I, I think anytime you can retool with a, with a quarterback, if you if you need a quarterback, that makes sense. But I'm know. terrified of the bust rate. This, you know, you have the bust rate normally, and then in this year, without the real scouting time, without the game time, with with all the COVID restrictions, it just it just really, I would be extremely worried if I was a scouting department trying to put together my picks this year. Um, and it's I not just, just quarterbacks this right. year. There's going to be a significant bust rate in, in every position. Yep. That's why I think there's so many quarterbacks going early. Yeah, that may be. Because it's volatile anyway. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's, what, that's why I, th- I think Mac Jones makes the most sense here. All right. We landed on Mac Jones. Then we go number 10, Dallas. Um, we'll start with uh, Riz. What do you got for Dallas here at number 10 overall? Uh, Sertain's gone. Uh, there's a lot of smoke about Jace Horn, JC Horn. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of talk about Michael Parsons. I think that's their two choices. Uh, I, in theory, they, they do need offensive line help, but with, with Sewell gone, I mean, maybe you go Slater Slater's here, but on the board, yeah. he is. I, I do think it's going to be defense. Jarrah has talked too much about their defense needing help. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I lean horn here. Uh, but some of that is only because I've seen that in a lot of mock drafts where Sertan is off the board already, but man, Parsons fits that defense. And th- again, their linebackers are wretched. Do you think they would wretched. be able to hold themselves back from making that pick? Oh. I don't know that they would. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> No, yeah. Look, Jerry Jones likes flash, right? And and I don't think there's a guy outside of Pitts that has more flash right now than Parsons. And I could see Jones saying, "This is my defender that I love. This is my offensive player that I love, and I want one of those two guys." And so, 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know if Jones could hold back. I think he would. Uh, I think he would explode at the opportunity to get a freak athlete. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope he's on this yacht with the dryers in the background again. <laughs> I, I think they should get Horn, um, but I don't think <laughs> they will. Dallas fans will tell you they don't always get what they should get. <laughs> yeah. They know that very well. <laughs> so we're going Parsons. Yeah. I think Parsons makes sense. Right. I, mean, I think they need corner much more than they need linebacker, but you know, they're crazy. Okay. <laughs> Look, Go ahead, Gary. I think this is a good spot for Horn too. Like he's, he's a top 15 player, right? He should he, probably go in this, in this range. He's um, a swagger guy too. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And, you know, having a dad, you know, Joe in the league, you know, like it's, that's some swagger it's interesting. <laughs> you know, they just, they just got, okay. The free agency, they went and they got Keanu Neal, who they're, you know, saying that he might play some linebacker. Right. Yeah. Are, yeah. are they, are they, are they overloading themselves? Like, do they have too many linebackers? Like, even though they're not good, um, I'm, I don't know. I, I I think your initial gut is is right that Horn should be the pick. Um, I just I just don't trust Jerry. I just don't. For, I mean, I think for for what we're trying to do, I think it makes more sense for Horn to be the pick here, based on what he is as a player and his and his readiness to go soon. Yeah, and their and their holes uh, for what you, I think Keanu Neal might might be able to push off the linebacker thing just a little bit. But do you depend on do you depend on a guy who's always hurt? He's always hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they have Jaron Curse too for that same kind of uh hybrid role in my opinion. Uh I think they've kind of doubled down That's on true. that. Uh so And hey, he he Curse was not bad here. I, oh. I I think Lions fans gave him a bit too hard of a rep. I thought I thought he played okay. Yeah, yep. Well, they, I, really they, quick, I just want to hit to uh, Eric's point about not trusting Jerry. Nick the Greek in the chat says Jerry Jones has a super high bust rate for an octogenarian. <laughs> I think at any age he has a pretty good bust rate. <laughs> but uh, okay, so where are we? Are we still at Parsons or are we starting to question our. Because our, 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 remember, we've got our Jerry Jones, we've got our 10 gallon hat on. Uh, are we are we thinking that it's uh, we're outthinking ourselves or are we going. I, uh, I, I think we should go Parsons here. I'm going to say horn, and then I'm going to let Scott just break the tiebreaker. Oh. <laughs> well, okay, so I just want to facilitate an easy next pick, and I'm going to say horn here. Okay. And the Giants are going to take Micah Parsons, and we can just move on. <laughs> the dinosaur mentality that that is there. Uh, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, so and, no, and Joe Judge is a a, a off the Belichick tree as well. And yeah. He's the coach in New York, so. Yeah. I'm good with that. Okay, Horn and Parsons. Boom, 10-11. That's the fastest, too. I think we're ever going to get done. Uh, moving on to number 12. <laughs> I, I heard you start laughing, Eric. I was like, oh, no, he's he's protesting. <laughs> no. All right, uh, 12, Philadelphia from the 49ers. What do we got here? Uh, we'll start with you, Scott. Why don't you kick us off? Uh, I would think that Devontae Smith would be in play here. Yeah. I also think yep. Rashawn Slater is in play here, and those are the two I would be – Flipping back yeah. and forth. All right. I, I, I'm with you on Smith. They just lost to Sean Jackson. That's probably the most natural, natural comparable skill set to what Smith offers you. So I, I, 
he he's this is going to be in every mock draft. It's in it's in my final mock. Uh, I, so I I I started the final mock already. It's ten days out. I have four picks written in. Twelve Devonte Smith is one of them. <laughs> yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah, I, I don't think Travis Fulgen can hold him off either. Oh wow! <laughs> Making Do we want Jalen Hurts to work? <laughs> do they yeah. want Jalen Hurts to work is a better question. Yes, and if they do, they need to give him some. I mean, yeah. I, I, they just took Jalen Rager. You have Dallas Goddard. You know, you need you need to continue to give uh, to give weapons. So give Smith up. Smith yeah. is a senior, right? Yeah. yeah. So that means he was at Bama the same time Hurts was. Yeah. Yes, he was. Another connection. If you're, if, yeah. if, if since we want to pair all these receivers with former quarterbacks, get your wall with the red yarn, connecting all the stuff. There you go. All right, we'll move on. Then we got Devontae Smith going to Philadelphia, Los Angeles Chargers. I have that written down because I still messed that one up. Uh, L.A. Chargers. They are up here with lucky number thirteen. Um, Eric, what do you think? What do you think these guys are doing here? Boy, I think the best player is. Uh, is going to be so um, Slater, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember if they actually have a need there. I, I think they do, right? They have a need on the line. It seems like it. Um, their their right tackle uh, is I'm Bulaga. Right uh, yeah, their right tackle is Bulaga, but their left tackle is uh, Trey Pimpkin. So yeah. I would. Their starting take... left guard is Odeyabushi. FYI. <laughs> Gosh, their swing tackle is Storm Norton. Right, so they they need offensive line help. That's a real depth chart, ladies and gentlemen. Holy cow! Um, That's Lions practice squad 2018 right there. Oh my god! I mean, I I wonder if they would be interested in um, getting um, Jalen Phillips here. Or could he pay to go opposite Bosa? But Slater's the best player, and this is yeah. it's a need. Yeah. yeah. So you got to protect Herbert. Yeah. Same, same thing we talked about with 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 Joe Burrow. You've got to protect Justin Herbert. And if you watched Herbert at Oregon, you'd know that even with a great offensive line, he can still be a little skittish. He was not that last year. That's why he was awesome. Let's hope that continues. So yeah, I, I think. Slater or yeah, because because again, Slater can play tackle. He can also play guard. Uh, I don't think he'd have any issue playing guard. Uh, yeah. Other than he's not, he's not a, he's not a guy who's going to punch you in the mouth and let you know it. But he's going to be a capable guard. <laughs> I would I would worry about him just with the phys- how quick and how physical things are, uh, getting his face crossed kind of stuff inside. I don't think yeah. there's any issues with him playing tackle. I think with that's the whole uh, arm length footwork discussion. Yeah. He's I fine. Think, yeah. I think his footwork actually helps alleviate some of those concerns about the, the arm length, right? Yeah. Like his ability to slide laterally. And then his, his hands are so quick. He wants to get to that defender before the defender gets to him and, and it catches the defender off guard. He did that to chase young, the all of, you know, that game in 2019, he stepped into chase young before chase young got that first step out. And, and that point about him playing guard though, is that he's much better against speed. I I think he's, I think he's better on the outside. 
yes. in my opinion. I would play him at tackle. Uh, look, Taylor Decker's arms are 33 and a quarter and, and three quarters. And, and so we're talking about three quarters of an inch and you make that up in footwork. So I, have, I would have no issues playing him at left tackle uh, and, and, and locking down the Chargers left side. Yes. Let's do it. All right, Tiger. here we go. Rayshon Slater moving on to number 14, the Vikings of Minnesota. Eric, I'm going to put you on again because I think I skipped you one round here. Um, what, what are you thinking here? <laughs> um, well, actually, I haven't even looked at the Vikings depth chart. If someone else wants to go, go ahead. Right, let me let me pull their depth chart up just so I can sure double thing. check where I'm at. Sure um, I think there's offensive line help needs there. They They do have offensive line needs. Uh, and oh, yeah. they're, well, they're good at center and they might be good. They might be good at guard, but at, at tackle again, Brian O'Neill is a capable starting right tackle. They don't have a left tackle. <laughs> Christian Derisaw. Oh, I'm not, a, I do not love his game, but you know, um, he's going to, he's going to get some love. Uh, Emery hunt was on the show last week and had him as the best tackle in this draft. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and, and, we all know we know, all know and love Emery. We know that he knows what he's talking about on that. Um, I, I I disagree with him on that too, but I see the traits there. I saw I the jump. Offense, there's just not a lot of true pass sets to see out of Virginia Tech, so right. it's tough. And I, I think there's footwork issues. Uh, with I think it. he so, got a lot better in 2020 than he did in 2019 in terms of his play to play consistency. Um, if you if you watch them in 2019, they 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 lost a bad game. I forget who it was, either to Old Dominion or Liberty. Um, and he was just, like, not interested in playing. You could tell he didn't want to be there. And there, weren't, there wasn't a single snap of that in 2020. And I think the, the, the maturity there is something that you have to look at. Is, okay, this guy, either he bottomed out or, or the coaching finally got to him, and he got it. And that light bulb is, is – it might not be flipped on yet, but it's at least warm. And yeah. I, I think that that's, that's an attractive place to be if you're a Vikings team that has a quarterback who's average – uh, and you're okay with that, uh, and you know you have you have weapons. Well, Their defense was a great athlete. He will help yeah. Delvin Cook at the second level. I definitely, just, definitely. The kick slide and the so playing left tackle, your first move needs to be with your right foot, and you need to really establish some lateral and vertical depth with that first move. Yeah, and there are times, the majority of it, where. He really doesn't do much with that first step, so his left foot just kind of sets down, and now he's chasing everything. Okay. And I just think it's he needs to. There needs to be a, some refinement in his kick slide. But if you can get that, he's a great athlete for his size. It's just you know I think he will help the running game. He he is really good in space. You know I mean if we think that's the the need like I and think he is a Kubiak type tackle and their offensive coordinator is not Gary anymore it's his son Clint so <laughs> safe to say they're not going to change too much. I, I tell you the 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 position that would scare me the most as a Lions fan would be if they went edge here uh, because uh, like if they went um, Jalen Phillips or Quiddy and then put him. Uh, you know, on the on the opposite side of a hunter, I think that would really help them a lot because they got really stiff in the middle. They're not going to generate a lot of pass rush with the guys that they have in the middle. Uh, adding Tomlinson and already and what having Watts as their nose, right? Um, I could see them really just. I mean, look, I look at Phillips and I see uh, I see uh, T.J. Watt 
like, and that's, that's, I would hate to see that twice a year. Uh, so yeah, I, I could also see Quiddy who like, who can line up on that side as well. I, I could think either of those guys being play now in the Vikings scheme because there's not really anybody else in front of them. I'll say with our earlier pick of Penny Sewell, though, we're just fine. We have no, nothing to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I think it makes sense. It's either it's either offensive tackle or or edge, and it's yeah. just you know where are they prioritizing their needs? Jeff, who's their quarterback? Jeff, who's their quarterback? Kirk Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting about five minutes from where he grew up. Just, yeah, no. just, just they need. They need. I'm. I'm just going to say they need to protect him. They. 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 They do. Is their defense? I think their offense has been what's been lacking. I think. I think they think they can scheme with Mike Zimmer as their defensive coach more than they can scheme with what they need in offense. Yeah. And and Darisaw does make sense here. Absolutely. So I. I would probably lean there. Um, I do think he's going to come off earlier than most fans. I'm, I'm sure there's there are there are people that are listening to this now. Who's this Darisaw dude? Never heard of him. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech turns out they turned out Dwayne Brown in a very similar situation about a decade ago, yep. where he was a surprise first round pick by the Houston Texans. It was 2008, I want to say. He well, I think it was 27th overall, and uh, fans were like, "Who?" They don't. They don't throw the ball. You know, Michael Vick isn't there anymore. You know, and, <laughs> and he wound up being great. Um, and he, he's still he's Seattle's best defense, offensive tackle now. So um, he he's he wasn't that athletic, but I I, I think Darisaw is the way to go here. All right, we're gonna we're gonna put a pin in Darisaw and move on to number fifteen, the New England Patriots, rising from the ashes like a phoenix. We'll see. Oh my God, Trey Lance is still on the board. <laughs> yep, and it's him. <laughs> yeah, it has to be right. Yeah, yeah, easy. <laughs> and, and that happens, and then all of a sudden, the rest of the league goes, "How did we let this happen?" You know what I mean, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like it's that you pair him with Cam, right? Right? Like right. it's just interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that Cam is the best mentor in the world. No, <laughs> but if no. if. If Trey can, yeah, if Trey can learn by example and not by like, hey, show me this, that um, there's not a much better mentor because I, I, I may believe I'm still a believer in Cam. I think he's going to have a bounce back year. I, th- I think he was hurt, hurt, injured more than was let on. I also think he was hurt by their lack of weapons more than anybody would ever know because that team and now now that Edelman's gone, their wide receiving core is probably worse than Detroit's at this point. Uh, so That's give Lance. give them Lance now and give them a buttload of wide receivers later. <laughs> that is a large load. All right, Trey Lance to New England. We'll move on to number 16. Uh, we have Arizona. Scott, why don't you take us away to Arizona? Arizona. And Corner? Pick. Corner, I think, is the most reasonable uh, way to look at Caleb Farley. I, I know there's some injury stuff there. I think Caleb Farley would be would be discussed uh, along with Sertan right in the Sertan horn mold, if, if it weren't for injuries. But uh, I don't know how much exposure you guys have to Greg Newsom. I think Greg Newsom might be a wild card here. He is he moves so smooth and fluid that He's I mean so I good. think it's corner. And if it and if it's me, I'm taking Newsom here. I don't want to deal with the injuries with Farley, the back stuff. Mm-hmm. I just I think that's alarming. Um, I know it's it's probably a little bit off the board, but I, I'm taking Greg Newsom. I like it. 
So Caleb Farley has had two back surgeries and he's 21 years old, just turned 21. So, I'm not, I'm not touching that. And I don't think the, I don't think the NFL is touching that. I know that he, he cleared in Indy last week uh, at their medical exam. Imagine you're a team doctor and you sign off on that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, I don't see that happening. I, I think there's a fair chance he, he winds up being this year's Maurice Hurst and falls way, way, way down. Um, I don't even think he's a day two pick. I think he's fallen out uh, just based on that. Newsom, if he had better durability, I wouldn't have any question that he would be the picker. This guy missed at least three games in all three of his college seasons. He had one interception. He dropped four or five of them. So he's not a perfect guy. But in terms of, like, coverage, he's so good. Yeah. Scott, he's so good. I know. It's, it's fun to watch him. It's just the start-stop. <laughs> And the mirror stuff, the lateral agility. He's the- got incredible feet. He's got incredible instincts. He's very quick to react. He tested better than expected at their pro day. There's a lot to like about Greg Newsom. He's my yep. number three cornerback. What do you got, Eric? What do you think? I'm wondering how much they're in love with Jordan Hicks. And I'm wondering if they would want to pair Xavier Collins with uh, Isaiah Simmons. <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> because uh, that's fun. I'm sold. That's sold. fun. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, wow! It's they do need corner. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they're they're on a one year hit with Malcolm Butler and Alfred just coming off an injury season, so you don't know what you've got in him. Um, but man, I. I really like. Uh, I mean, they could. I don't think they're going to take JOK here uh, and and have a, a nice same guy as you know Isaiah Simmons here. Right. But and but who to Baker plays that role too? Right, right. <laughs> you can't have three of them on the field. Um, but but I am tempted at Collins. I think he's a guy who this is a, this is a range where he could go. Uh, even though he's being projected a little lower. Yeah, he's a guy I like. I, I, I think there are teams that are going to have him ahead of Micah Parsons on their board. So um, that's the only wild card I throw in there. Do you like Collins more than you like uh, one of the one of the and, corners? And I think Collins can play as your stand-up edge uh, covering the Browns. I often compare him to Olivier Vernon in terms of how he would fit in Cleveland. I think he would start in that spot as the stand-up edge rusher opposite a good edge rusher on the other side. In Cleveland, it's Miles Garrett. In Arizona, you have Chandler Jones there. Uh, I think, well, I, I don't know that they've learned it. They have taken two guys that are sort of the positionless, like, athletes, Hassan mm-hmm. Reddick, and they ruined him, and Isaiah Simmons, and they're on their way to ruining him because they don't play him in one spot. Find one spot for Zayvon Collins to play on this defense, and I love it. But I'm not sure that they're smart enough to do that. <laughs> but I think it makes because sense. Because they haven't done it in the past. I, I, I think it makes sense. And, uh, Eric, I, I think it's a great thought. It really is. All right. I, I'm good with Collins there because I, 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 I agree. I think he will be generally higher rated than what Newsom is. And, and part of that is the, the, the injury knock on Newsom. Um, they're both really good players here. Yep. But, yeah, I, I, I'm good with Zayvon Collins. All right. Um, the the Browns picker in me at 26 is a little sad. Sorry. <laughs> There's a lot of Browns picker in you. All right, let's yeah. move on to number 18 For overall. For not being a fan, I am oddly attached to them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got Miami up again. Can't get rid of these guys. It's like a bad case. No, we're at 17, right? Las Vegas. Yeah, Raiders. Oh, oh sorry. Raiders. Yep, nope. You know what? I made a mistake. I, I put in uh, 
You guys are right. I put in Newsom and, and moved on, and then also put oh. in Collins in Vegas. We're at number seventeen. We're in Las I mean, Vegas. They could use. <laughs> they could use Newsom. <laughs> what do you got, Eric, for Vegas? <laughs> I think there are two logical players, knowing what Las Vegas is, and it's Quiddy Pay and Awusu Koromoa from from Notre Dame. Those guys, Mayak's gonna love those guys. I mean, they're blue chippers. <laughs> Pick one. I think this is the spot when we start talking about Barrett Tucker as well. Uh, They just shed almost their entire offensive line. And uh, Barrett Tucker is a extremely talented player who could lock down a spot for them. I don't care where it is. Uh, So I I think Barrett Tucker, if you're looking offensive line, it it makes some sense here. He he would be their starting right tackle right away. Um, He's better than Denzel Good. (laughs) They don't need a left tackle. They have Colton Miller there. Um, who was considered a reach at right around this range. Uh, was that three years ago, 2018? Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's worked out. He, he started really, really bad. He's, he's become, uh, I would say, better than capable. I think, I think he's a pretty good player now. Um, and if he, he had the question, is he, body. yeah, he had the question, is he too tall? Is he too long? You have the opposite thing with Vera Tucker, who is what, 30, is it 32 and a quarter arms on him? Something like that. He's he's six foot three. Yeah. For me, he thirty two and an eighth. Yeah. Yeah. He had the most consistent, best offensive line tape of any person in this draft at any of the positions. He was so, so good at left tackle for USC. He was even better the year before when he played guard at USC. He's a blue chip prospect, but I I don't know, man. They they and they have not shown a hesitancy to take offensive line in the first round. But man, they need a pass rush. They mm-hmm. they Cleveland Farrell is their best pass rusher. I who they who they took very high. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. <laughs> about about 80 picks too high. <laughs> Blue chip school. So was it Pay or Vera Tucker? I think that's your two options, right? I I think they would covet pay. Nope. Just I, I can I can see that. And and because of his athleticism and the fact that he he can play a lot of different spots in your defensive line. He can play your three if you want him to. He can play four. He can play five. He can play seven if you need him to uh, with, with, all, with all that he is. And, and the other thing is he's a great human being, and that's something that I think they're, they're turning to try to focus on. I know they have Richie Incognito on the roster, but it, <laughs> it seems like they're making, making a concerted push to get more – like like – uh, they're trying to get away from the Al Davis outlaws. Like um, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Yeah. Um, that That's that they've sort of gone away from that. The just win baby era. I completely forgot about this, but they signed Yannick and Gakway. I don't know if that helps uh, alter our decision at, at all. Uh, having in uh I, I forgot completely about him until I looked at their depth chart. Uh, is that is that not Quiddy out or is it's I think you, you I, still he wasn't you good can, in either place he was at last year. <laughs> I, I don't know that it knocks him out. I think <sighs> okay. Michigan yeah. had pay up at over 280 pounds and he still looked freaky athletic and he's down yeah. to around 260 pounds. Yeah, I okay. think he could, you can stand him up. I think oh, you can yeah. him off the edge. You know, okay. uh, can he kick inside in your you know like your NASCAR type packages kind of thing? I think he yes. can. Yeah, so definitely. I mean, there's there are ways to get him on the field. I just think that he's, you know, I don't know what Ngakwe's contract is. Is it a one year deal? 
Uh, I don't know. I just happened to look at the depth chart. I, think I assume they all are. Developmental player. So not expecting a ton from him right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, just somebody, a, a player that you're going to, you're going to develop uh, into something yeah. is more with him. What do they do for him? All right. I think we're down with Quiddy Pay. I know Riz is on a mission now to find out what, how long that contract is. I'm trying to find an, a, a site that doesn't have an instant pop-up video ad, <laughs> and I'm not having luck, damn it. <laughs> All right. We'll go Quitty Pay, and we'll go back to Miami. Yeah, we'll go to Quitty Pay. <laughs> Remember, we uh, picked Jalen Waddle earlier, number six overall. So here we are in Miami with our, our fresh look at Waddle. At, uh, and Zayvon Collins is off the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the not Dolphins fan of me doesn't like that because uh, he'd be great here. <laughs> <laughs> Is D line a consideration here? Interior. You think we can go bar more? Yeah, I think it's a little early for him personally. Um, I don't know what Miami would be thinking to, uh, if they would be willing to go that high on him. Um, I wonder if they envision. Uh, a Jalen Phillips being able to play the Kyle Van Noy role. What um, about Ojalari? Yeah, there you go. Even better. Like he can for sure play the He's Kyle so, Van Noy role. I like him a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 I think Ojalari makes a ton of sense here because uh, I mean their their Jack linebacker right now is uh, Andrew Van Ginkle out of North uh, what what Wisconsin right Wisconsin yeah, yeah. so uh, I that's that's an instant upgrade so. Uh, I, I do like uh, Ojolari here. That's, that makes a lot of sense. Aziz Ojolari? Right. Yeah. Into- yeah. By the way, um, Yannick Ngakwe, two years. Uh, well, yeah, two years, $26 million. So All he's right. there for a couple of years. Thanks yeah. for sitting through that video, Ed. All right, uh, number 19, Washington. <laughs> we have uh, the Washington football team, soon to be named something else, but we can call them whatever we want. Um, I hope they stay <laughs> as the, the football team, or they become the Griffins, just because the Grand the Grand Rapidian in me would like to see another team be the Griffins, and it's a sweet logo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's go to Eric here really quick. We're looking at Washington at 19. Um, Desperate to get RGB RG three back on the field, but it's not going to happen. So, what are they going to do here at nineteen? I can see uh, I can see Vera Tucker going here and playing guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that makes sense. That from he's going to be a good value for them. Um, I don't think they're really going to go back to defensive line again. I don't. Th- oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> um, they they signed Kendall Fuller and William Jackson, right? So they got a couple of corners. Uh, that's a really that's a good defense. There's there's one hole in their defense. Yeah, the, John Bostic is their best linebacker right now. <laughs> right. Uh, so, again, th- I think they would have loved a linebacker here too. But I don't yeah. think is JOK that guy. I don't think he I is. don't know because they have Landon Collins who can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Jeez. God, I'm looking at their defensive depth chart. This is a real this is like a really, really good defense. <laughs> yeah, they just they do need linebacker help. That's that's I, I, I get, they're another team. They only ever play two. <laughs> right. And they have they have kind of one. <laughs> uh Kalike Hudson is one of their guys. Davis? I think it's early. Say but that again. For Jamie Damon Davis. Davis is it, or is it, I think it's way too early for the for him there. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I do too. I, I think we in the media, the draft media, and I'm guilty of this as well, have overhyped his potential um, draft slot. Damon Davis? 
Yeah. One year of production. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. CD. He was great though. He was he was great at Kentucky in 2020, but 2019 he couldn't even get on the field on Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, outside of uh, I mean, I think Vera Tucker is probably the way they would go. Value. I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and, and the way that, that their their offense did fall off when Brandon Sheriff got hurt last year, so I can see them, you know, needing help there. Yeah, maybe they don't have to franchise them every year as well. Yeah. They could. Oh, oh, by the way, their swing tackle is Cornelius Lucas. Corny. No way. Their backup yeah. center is Bo Benchowl. Oh, jeez. Benchwizzle. <laughs> they might need some offensive line help. <laughs> All right. I think we're going Vera Tucker. Yeah. Yeah. Vera well, Tucker coming in. All right. Number 20, everyone's, every Lions fan's favorite second team, uh, the Chicago Bears coming in. <laughs> Um, let's go, uh, Scott. What do you got for the the Bears? What are they going to be looking for? Bears, uh, number twenty. Obviously, they need quarterback, but <laughs> there's they're not there's nobody available here. Kellen uh, Mond, Kyle Trask, yeah. Davis Mills. I mean, they're all just they're all such Jamie developmental. My number six quarterback is Shane Bouchelle. That tells you where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think wide receiver is a is probably the most likely thing to happen but you know i don't know so rashad bateman to me is super interesting at this point in the draft because if you look at his 2019 film he's a totally different player than he was in 2020 covid was a lot of that uh he struggled to overcome it and he and there was an offensive scheme change and he just it just didn't look like the same guy but bateman's 2019 film would scare me as a Lions fan, I would not want him in the NFC North at all. Yeah. So it's a question of can he get that back? Um, do they va- would they value a different uh, you know another receiver? Would they value you know uh, a player like Elijah Moore, like we mentioned, or uh, you know somebody like that, somebody a little bit more complimentary to Allen Robinson? Not that he's in there long term, but I think Bateman might be a, a pretty. Uh, scary weapon for them. Yeah. I think the other guy that jumped out at me was uh, Tevin Jenkins. They could use a right tackle. Um, Might be, it might be a little early. I don't know. It's probably close enough when you're getting into the twenties. But Jenkins uh, makes sense. I do like Bateman. If if they went receiver though, that that would be really good for them. I think, um, I think Newsom makes some sense here too. Uh, Their their cornerback group is getting older. Um, they did sign Desmond Trufant. I think he's projected as their number three corner right now. He might even start corner. for them. That's uh, that's fraught with peril. As we know. <laughs> I, you know, when you said Newsom, I, I wasn't thinking Greg for the first time. I was at Jamie because <laughs> their quarterback needed so bad. But I was just like, wait, what? what no. Oh, no so um, I, I think Greg Newsom makes some sense there. They've they've had so many problems with corners that get hurt a lot. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's it, you know they need to get some offense going. They need to get things going in, the right, yeah. in the right direction there. And you know, You're Bateman, Bateman? Bateman's a good receiver. Mm-hmm. He really is. Yeah, yeah. They can't franchise Allen uh, Robinson again, and he sure doesn't sound like he wants to be there. <laughs> so they need to make plans for that. And they're they're in a case where if they're what whenever their buy is, uh, if it's before the bye week, and they're two and four, you can absolutely see them selling. Allen Robinson off. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, so here we are. You know Bateman? Robinson's not staying without a quarterback this year, and they're not in a position to get that quarterback. So, so uh, uh, Rashad, don't call me Patrick Bateman. Rashad Bateman. All right, 21, Indianapolis Colts, who still miss Andrew Luck. But, you know, whatever. Um, they're looking. Hey, they got Carson Wentz now. <laughs> As I said, they still miss Andrew Luck. Um, <laughs> Riz, I can't believe they traded for Carson. I know, I know. Who do you got at twenty-one, Riz, for the Indianapolis Colts? Oh, let me pull up my mock draft here because I. <coughs> Excuse me. So the Colts, they need offensive line, uh, in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they 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 signed a ba- they signed some band aids, but they're. Costanzo retires. Right. So, Eric mentions Tevin Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins certainly makes some sense here. Uh, Who plays left tackle? Well, see, and and that's the thing. I think I don't think he can play left tackle. Correct. Yeah. So, do you address that? They need wide receiver help. Uh, Michael Pittman was a good start, but I, I think they need more than that. You can't have Zach Pascal be your number two wide receiver. T. Y. Hilton cannot play forever, and he fell off last year. Um, so if you're going to give your new quarterback a chance to, to succeed, what, you got to do something there. Um, but we just took Bateman. How do you feel about a, a, a then they, they, they can use Naheem Hines as sort of that, that gadget guy. So, and I think they still have Paris Campbell too. So, yeah, he, he was on IR all last year and it's just an unknown as to what he is. Yeah. But I mean, they're, they're, they could use pass rush up front. I mean, they're not bad, but they could they could be better. They they could take Barmore. Yeah, they could take they. Who else is who's left at edge? I need to look at the board. Jalen Phillips. Phillips. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, yeah, I, I, I don't wonder, know what to do with Jalen Phillips. I really don't. <clears throat> with the concussions? Yeah, he medically retired from concussions. Well, I think he didn't get cleared by UCLA, and I think that's why he was going to medically retire, right? Um, yeah. He had three at UCLA, and then the doctors wouldn't clear him, and so he was going to retire, and then he decided he wanted to play again or something. Right? Then he so played at Miami and was great and yeah. was on the field all year. Sounds like yeah. Mayhew might want to bring him to Washington. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he had a proclivity for those kinds of guys. <laughs> and the other player that who's like a freak is Jason Owick. And it's just, he's such a projection. You just don't, I mean, there's a lot of production or uh, pressure from him, but not a lot of sacks. And I think he's so raw as a player that I don't know. I mean, but there's more. I I know one, I know there's one team that thinks he needs to convert to tight end. (laughs) (laughs) Well, straight up. They told me he's a tight end on their board and not an edge. (laughs) Well, so I, I think really the question becomes: They traded for Carson Wentz for a reason. How are they going to help Carson Wentz succeed? Right? And I don't know what the right answer is, to be honest with you, because the best offensive lineman on the board is a right tackle, and they already have a right tackle. Braden Smith's their best offense. He's good. Right. Well, Quentin Nelson obviously is there too. I, but. I don't know if you're moving him over to left either. So yeah, I, I don't know. And so if offensive line is not there, is it? It, is it receiver? Is it is it Terrence Marshall or or Tony, or or a, one of the Moors like like Elijah Moore? Like uh, Terrence they, Marshall's intriguing. Nobody talks about him. Yeah. I don't totally understand it. Like he, I, he's a very viable guy. He is. 
He's and, he's he's like Denzel Mims last year, right? Where he is, he kind of had that one year, one hit, and like with that one year of like really good production, and, and and like he's he's a guy who could be rising, but isn't quite. He's he's got similar frame and everything, right? Too so. Uh, he interests me. I, I, I'm trying to think like, how would they, how would you get a guy who would, how would they fit in with what they have, you know, with your Pascal's and your Pascal, uh, T.Y. T.Y. Hilton's older. Yeah. Um, Michael Pittman is there. Bigger. Campbell and out of the slot. So yeah. I think you're the more bigger uh, boundary receiver. It may be more better for Wentz with what Wentz likes to do than, the smaller slot types. Wentz well, likes and- to get sacked, Scott. <laughs> that's what he does. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I am not a Carson Wentz fan. I think this. I think this move is going to backfire on them horribly. But that's my opinion. <laughs> it could. It's just they need to give him weapons. They need to. They need to surround him with talent. He always seemed to like tight ends, and they have a. They have a bunch of tight ends there. Mm-hmm. Jack Doyle's a good one. <laughs> huge need for for a receiver here. It's. I, I think it's more. You know. Can you pair somebody with uh, the big the trade they made last year when they gave up their first rounder for the for the D tackle from the 49ers, who I can't think of his name right now. Forrest for, Buckner. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's great. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you pair a, a you know a defender next to him? And is it Jalen Phillips? And is that a, is that a player they could they could find a way to medically clear? Yeah. You know, kind of thing because he's a very productive player. He's a really good player, and he's an exceptional so athlete. He was the number one recruit in the country. Uh, back in the day when he went to UCLA, he's there's a lot to like about him, but I I personally can't do it at this point. But I, I get the allure, man. And, and yeah. if your doctor's fine with him, uh, he he's going to be the best player on your board here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, unless it, it, unless we're thinking interior O line is is viable. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, and, and you look at the drop off that's at edge here. I mean, you have Phillips now. Greg Rousseau, I don't. Nope. He's another guy that I think the draft media is much, much, much higher on than yeah. what the NFL is. Um, Joe Tryon, Jason Owe, Joseph Osai. These are these are second round talents, yes. honestly. Yeah. But Phillips is, I think Phillips is the premier player left on the board. It's just a matter of does yeah. he, you know, can you manage to clear him? And if not, then I don't. I mean, I, you know. I think O line is a need, but there's no there's no natural left tackle unless you're mm. looking at, you know, you're, I don't think they're reaching on a player like Liam Eikenberg or Sam Cosme or anything no. like that. No. no, so it's almost like you know you're kind of stuck there. Yeah, or would they take Greg Newsom, Christian Barmore, a player? Greg Newsom, like you just said. Yeah, you know, Eric, what do you think? Where would you go with it? I'm kind of torn on Indy. Um, Can I just really quick on the uh, yeah. on the concussion piece? Uh, Matt's coming in on the super chat. It's UCLA team policy that if a three concussions, you're required to medically retire. So, oh, there you go. Thank you very much, Matt. That's great, great info. That is. Thank you. Love the chat. That makes me feel a little bit better about him. Honestly, it does for me too. If they if they could they pair him and and Buckner together, that's 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 fun. <laughs> Yeah, Buckner's really good. <laughs> yeah, so I like him a ton. I, I, I think he's an incredible player. I think he's under the radar, and I think the concussions like make him under the radar quite a bit. Um, 
Yeah, I mean that's the tough part is we don't know the medicals. So if we're if we're if we're basing it just on talent, I I, I like it. And, and again, he played at Miami. They were fine with it, and he he got through the year. Mm-hmm. That's Miami. Um, <laughs> I, I, I worry a lot of things. <laughs> I, I think we are all as Lions fans. We, we saw what happened with Javit best. And I think we're more sensitive to that than, than a lot of other fan bases are too. So, yep. So, I mean, can we just, if there. we can clear him medically, he would be the pick. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We've done there that. There you go. Done. We've got that down 10 left. We're at 22 with Tennessee. Eric, let's go in. What do you think Tennessee, uh, Tennessee is going to be looking for this year out of their first round draft pick? I think it's the guys we've been talking about. It's either going to be like Greg Newsom or Tevin Jenkins, right? Uh, if they're not scared to take a first round right tackle again after what happened with their first round with their right tackle last year, uh, then Tevin Jenkins makes a ton of sense. Right? Yeah. I think it's so, Tevin Jenkins all day, and that's value. Yeah. And, and, and look, yeah. If you're not scared to take a tackle, then take him. If you're scared okay, to take a tackle again, then take that's the third right tackle they will have taken in the first round in the last five years. <laughs> oh, <and laughs> they, they took Jack Conklin too. Yeah, yeah. He's now great in Cleveland. So, right. I mean, <laughs> talk about overkill for a position, but I mean, right now their, their projected starting right tackle is oh, uh, old Kendall, Kendall Lamb. Lamb, who's who's actually a quality swing tackle, but he shouldn't be playing a lot. There you go. All right, Tevin Jenkins. I think we've landed yeah. there. We'll move on. Number twenty-three, the New York Jets are picking from the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Riz, where's your head at on this one? All right. You know I like to do this. I know Eric knows this. When you get a traded pick, you use the pick on the position of the guy that you traded away. They traded away Jamal Adams to get this pick. They're looking at a safety with the top safety on the board. For me, is Trayvon Morig. Uh, they still need that spot. I, I, I like that. that. That's what I would do. I'm, I'm spiteful like that, though. <laughs> All right, what do you think, uh, Eric? Yeah, I, I, I'm okay with that. I, I think you're once you get into the 20s, a lot of these guys are going to blend together. And if you have a preference for that position, um, yeah, that's fine. Um, I think they... I think I would have gone pass rush here, but I think getting Carl Lawson helped them a lot. I think he's going to be he's an underappreciated guy. Uh, their, their defensive line is okay. Uh, they they obviously need more weapons. Uh, they're wide receiver poor as well. If they want, if you if you had a wide receiver here that you liked, you could certainly convince me on that too. Yeah, it, they also I mean, have pick thirty four, so they they can address that yeah. position there too. Newsom yeah. might again. I mean, we're going to keep talking. We're keep throwing him in there because a lot of these teams need need uh, corners. Um, you know, they kept they franchise Marcus May, right? So if Marcus they is did. playing. Um, who do you want to pair with Marcus, right? If you, if, if you like, if you, yeah. if you feel that strongly about mooring over uh, Newsom, uh, not going to get an argument out of me. I, don't know. I, I will, I will have Newsom rated higher. I yeah. Guess. Slightly for me yeah. too. Yeah. Well, well, just the safety, it's the value of being able to play a playmaking safety, right? Like that's right. More I mean, he is a baller. I, he's a really fun player to watch. He's a good player. Uh, he's really solid in coverage. Like you're saying, you're 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 replacing him with Jamal. You know, you moved out Jamal Adams and different type, but I think you might get yeah. more more coverage playmaking from Morig. Just it's uh, to me, it's uh, you know, it's Newsom or Morig, and you know, I'm not going to argue either way. I'm going to throw one more guy in there. This is maybe where JOK could fit in. Do you think he can be? 
your replacement. I don't, I, I, this would mean playing him more in safety than you would. And I'm not totally comfortable with that. And I don't think that they have a, a, a solid number two there that they can just lean on, but I, I, it's just a name that this is the, he should be going in, in this area. And so, I agree. Um, but I, I'm comfortable. All right. Trayvon Morig. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Moving on to number 24, Pittsburgh. The Steelers. Um, been a little bit since they've had their things together. They've got an aging quarterback. <laughs> and they have a lot of they have a lot of problems, and they're going to solve them by taking a running back here. Oh boy. <laughs> they're taking Najee Harris. This is you another one so? of those that I have written down already. <laughs> really? Yep. Okay. I, I'm interested in uh in that. That's uh is this... It sounds like you might not have Najee Harris as running back one. <laughs> no, no, I do. I just okay. don't have him in the first round. Okay. Um, that's just I, 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 I don't think he's a top 50 player, but. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Where are you guys I, at on Javante Williams? Third. Third is. If you say third round, I'm driving to your no, house. No, 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 no. Third, <laughs> third running, running back. back. <laughs> him and Etienne, and, and they're all the they're all I, in that I seat. have Williams second, mm-hmm. then I have Etienne, yeah. and then I have um, the other North Carolina guy, Carter, and then I have a uh, dude from Louisiana, Mitchell. Um, yeah. I, 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 th- I like Gainwell up in there, too. Um, oh, yeah, G- yes, Gainwell's very good, too. Yeah, but again, these are these are third round guy. Uh, Gainwell's more of a third round guy yeah. for me. Um, but I, I, in the second round, it's it, it's the, the that's where the running back should go, in my opinion. But again, this is where teams take them because they they're like the Coromoa territory with Pittsburgh. It is, um, but is he redundant with Devin Bush though? And they have Vince Williams there too, and Minka. And and Terrell Edmonds, they got they got a lot of those guys already. <laughs> yeah, would Greg Newsom fit? Probably. How, um, Their best corner is Joe Hayden, who and then Justin um, Lane has some gray in his beard. Oh, yeah. trustworthy. <laughs> like like Eric. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Their, off, their offense is a mess right now. I mean, and their all lines a mess. But what I mean, what's available? Right, you take the best center here. Landon, um, Dickerson. Landon Dickerson. Yes. And he's a perfect fit, a perfect player for, for that city. I have perfect. seen Pittsburgh fans screaming for him, but I don't know. I mean, Packers fans want him too. I don't yeah. know. Here's a oh, wild card. So if we could deny Packers fans, that, that's always a good thing. <laughs> yeah. All the time. What about um, the for center me. from Wisconsin Whitewater here? Quinn Miners. Yep. Uh, I think he's their second round pick, honestly. Well, I, so I would, I shouldn't have said that. Um, I, I don't think he'll be, I don't think he'll get to Pittsburgh in round two. I think you don't think he's going to get to 55. No, no. Okay. He might. Cause, right. cause, cause Creed uh, Humphrey's going to go in there too. Right. Yeah. Um, he's my two mini. Um, and then you still have Josh Myers that you could lean on if you need to. There's a few centers in this class that are, that can play. So, but is any of them near Dickerson? I don't think any. Uh, look, I think Dickerson is a first rounder. It's it's the it's the injury stuff. Um, he was banged up quite a bit at FSU. He gets to Bama, 
And Bama has an NFL medical staff, right? Everything's NFL yeah. level at Bama, right? And now he's not injured as much. And he he's he's okay for two years. And then he tears his ACL in the SEC championship. And um, that's his, what, third in however many years. And so, yeah, there's yeah. there's a red flag on that. But from a talent perspective, I mean, he's he good. relocates guys. Like, it, like, not just, hey, I'm going to push you this way. It's I'm going to pick you up and throw you. Like, he's – sensational um and i and i they just had uh their center i, I am blanking on names pouncy pouncy yes yeah. they just Retire. hire there's such a huge need there and they do need to keep they have to keep ben somewhat upright mm. i mean i know that he's a sack machine and he you know a lot of them are his fault but i don't know that i don't know that outside of looking at secondary or maybe a gadget player like Owusu Koromoa and and Eric, we talked about this last year with Isaiah Simmons and just the the whole positionless thing. Yeah. I don't know what to do with him. I, I mean, I know that yeah. I feel I feel like he could play over the slot, but I think yeah. he he would get exploited a little with NFL slot receivers. Yeah, I, do I don't think I don't think this is the spot for him. They they no, they they're running back for right now is. is is Benny Snell and and Kalen Balage? That's their running back room. Oof, that's McFar- awful. I think they have McFarland too. McFarland, yeah. Oh not yeah, the, the, uh, not from, that McFarland's from changing Maryland. for us, but yeah. you know, um, if Kalen Balage is on your roster, you need a running back. Yeah, that's a that's a fact. <laughs> it's just, are you taking one in the first round? It's uh, so. Which Alabama guy do you like? Do you like Dickerson or Harris? I would take Dickerson. I wouldn't even blink. That's All right, I'll go with Dickerson. That's cool. I'm good with that. Good. All Me right, too. Landon Dickerson. There we go. All right, moving on. Jacksonville from the L.A. Rams at 25. Riz, let's go to you. Who, who All are right. teeing up here? So let's keep with the theme of taking the position that you traded away. They traded away Jalen Ramsey. Greg Newsom still there at cornerback. Well, All right. <laughs> Not a lot of discussion here. Wow. They need they they need help. Period. Now, Everywhere. they could absolutely take a speed weapon here. A guy like Kadarius Tony uh, makes a lot of sense too. Uh, Elijah to, to, Moore. Elijah Moore makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Uh, Bate, Bate, we took Bateman off the board. Right? He's not that. Yeah. He's not that kind of guy, anyways. But All right. yeah, uh, I, I I like Newsom here. Um, if I. Newsom's going one of the next two picks. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me, uh, I'm going to just, in the name of speed, I'm going to go with it with uh, Greg Newsom there, and we're going to go straight to Cleveland. And Riz, since uh, Cleveland rocks, I'm going to give this one to you to start out again. They do. I think they're taking Christian Barmore. Mm. I'm not crazy about it, uh, although I understand it. And and I, so I've done this on a lot of Browns centric podcasts. And I'm, in fact, I'm doing another one tomorrow. Uh, tune in on cleveland.com. Uh, they, their, their analytical philosophy will tell you that if you can get the number one player at a position at this spot, taking the number one defensive tackle is better than taking the number six cornerback or the number five wide receiver. That that's, that's the way they do things. And uh, Barmore is easily the number one, Defensive tackle consensus. Um, yeah. th- there's going to be some. There's going to be some blowback on this. Some people thinking like on uh, the dude from Washington who I can't pronounce on Ruzuike. Um, uh, and job right there. Yeah, and uh, I like Milton Williams a lot. I I personally, so I I did my my Browns dream draft and I had them going Greg Newsom here with uh, 
Milton Williams later to, to fill the defense tackle. They they have to replace Sheldon Richardson. They just cut him. It doesn't look like they're going to use that money for anything this year um, to bring in anybody. So and, and Larry Ogunjobi is gone. So their two starting defensive tackles are gone from last year. They get Andrew Billings back. Their other starter the right now expectations is reality disappointment thing. Like you're drafting a interior defensive tackle in the mid twenties. You shouldn't yeah. expect him to do a lot for you. Otherwise yeah. your expectations are just too high. The other things that they need are they do need another outside corner because I don't, I don't trust greedy Williams. and I don't think they trust greedy Williams to get healthy again. Uh, that that's really the only other need that they have. It, they need another wide receiver. This is too early for them to take one when they've got Odell Beckham and, and Jarvis Landry and Richard Higgins paid. Uh, they just can't. To Scott, so to your point, I mean, think about it though. I, I can see expectations being too high in Cleveland because, frankly, they're not used to picking this low in the draft, right? This is a first-round yeah, yeah. draft I mean, pick, that, right, for them and for people. That's the perfect there. point, though, is yeah. they're used to, all right, we're drafting in the top. We're getting Denzel Ward, and he's going to play for us right away. Well, no, you're taking a – yes, you're getting the best defensive tackle in the draft, but you shouldn't expect that he's going to be super productive for you in year one. He's yeah. just not. But, that, Jeff, that's the – this is the area where teams that are good teams – always find gold with players like, okay, we're the Browns and we just took Elijah Moore because yeah, we didn't really need a receiver, but now we're loaded. They could. Okay. Yeah. I, I I would understand the frustration that you ignored some needs and you took a, you know, you took another player when you already have a bunch of those guys, but I mean, Elijah they, Moore will help you now. Yeah. That kind of thing. He, but, can, he can, he can. But he, he's the best slot player. receiver. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Barmore here because I th- I think that's who they're gonna take. But I I'm certainly open to other options. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Any other options there, Eric? No, I mean, look, Jeff knows his team better than anybody, so I'm gonna I'll side with him on this one. All right, voted down, Scott. We'll mark that down and take a number, and, and we'll hit him back later. All right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Number twenty-seven to Baltimore, the Ravens picking oddly late. Uh, what do we got here, Scott? Where, what are we looking at for the Ravens? I don't know. <laughs> Offensive line, just like everybody else. Um, they I could don't use edge. Know yeah, they need they need edge help. They lost Matt Judon. That and, and 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 Gakwe, right? So they they drop both their edges now because they're the Ravens. They still have Pernell McPhee and uh, Tyrus Bowser, but. They may need bodies, right? Like that's not enough. So a player we would think about here. I think they would think about him here. Yeah. Um, I don't see Rousseau as being the type of guy that they like. And and I'm not. Tryon, maybe. I don't know if Tryon is. I think he's just a tick below, right? Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to be enticed. Look, always measurables are just insanity, right? Like at, at, at six, five, two sixty, he's running in the four, three, seven. He's his, 
He's got like insane jumps. Even his three cone was, was under seven. Right. So it's just, there's so many different things that he does now. He is raw. And the big thing that worries me about him is that when he was a situational pass rusher, he generated seven sacks over two years. Yeah. And when they made him a starter, he generated zero sacks. And that tells me that when he's coming on the field as a situational guy and offensive linemen aren't prepared for him, he's able to use his athleticism to take advantage. But when you put him on the field as a starter and the offensive line get, tackle gets used to him, he's not as productive and he doesn't have the secondary pass rush moves in order to beat that offensive tackle. So if you're going to play him in a pass rushing role, then yeah, okay, this is like a, like a sub package. Like if he's your third guy, which the Ravens can afford him to be, this is a fine spot for him to learn as they go. And he needs yeah. to develop more pass rushing skills, but his athleticism is, is tough to match. It's a, it'd be a good spot for him good spot for the Ravens I, I mean I think that makes sense I, I you know it's it would a player like Caleb Farley falling into their laps be somebody that they might think about I mean it seems that seems like what the uh, Ravens think to do they right? have done they have, they've, they've done those reclamation projects in the past that's for sure the injury risk guys and yeah a lot of times it works out for them and again it's pick 27 so it's not yeah. like you know they also need receiver help and a guy like Kadarius Tony working with Lamar Jackson would scare the hell out of people in the AFC North, <laughs> or Elijah Moore, or so um, to the receiver point. Do they need a bigger boundary guy to unlock some some things for Lamar? Yes, because Marquise Brown has the smallest catch radius of any human that's ever played so football. Maybe Harris Marshall is an option. Yeah. They signed Sammy I, Watkins um, they did. to try and play that outside role. Uh, they have Miles Boykin, who was uh, he's he's big, but. Not yeah, good. big and athletic. Uh, they sign. They have Duvernay, who is the uh, slot guy, right? Devin Duvernay. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about him. He, yep. he, he feels. He put. I like that guy. That's Texas. why I yeah. think maybe more Marshall for, yeah. for what. Uh, I I really don't like Terrace Marshall. Um, he, he's one of those guys that I have on the Lions. Absolutely, please don't draft this guy. List. <laughs> really? Yeah. He intrigues me because I mean, this he was good enough at LSU to push Justin Jefferson in to play the slot. Oh, I didn't like. He had I, ten I, plus touchdowns this year, and I, mean, I could tell in watching two drives. I picked up on it that fast if he's the intended receiver on a pass or not on a route. Very, yeah, he's passive. It, I mean, if he is not the guy getting the ball, he doesn't play. Period, and he doesn't block. Well, he could play all. for Baylor. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> Might as well. Good, good call. It's Mims, right? It's, you know, do you want? Do you want the the speed and the and the uh, the separation? He, he can he can go get the ball on the outside though. <laughs> he can. Why well, about that? I think that? There's a little of of uh, Lamar Jackson who doesn't trust. I mean, you see him what what he does with Edwards the tight end, and yeah. he gets he lets him go get it, but he doesn't do that to the to the receivers. He just won't. No. So. I think this is a deep enough receiver class that you can find a guy to contribute with yeah. that receiving core. You can get a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown later. The, or, yeah, the, the or edge board Tyler is going Wallace, to fall. Somebody like that. Yeah. Miami Brown. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he'd be good there, too. So we're talking I, about Owe? Owe. I think Owe. I, that's my pick. Sure. All right. Jason Owe. Here we go. All right. <laughs> no problem. All right, so we'll move on now to New Orleans. Eric, we're going to put you on the clock here. New Orleans with a 28th pick overall. Uh, what do you think they're going to do here? So, I mean, obviously, they'd again be in the quarterback market. Um, what did they lose? Did they lose anybody big this year? That's Dan Campbell. Kind of like, sorry. <laughs> I mean, Sanders. 
Not that he was, you know, but they they do. Yeah. Too. They could they could use it. They could use a receiver. Um, uh, they traded for Demario Davis at, at linebacker. They have a decent front. Um, do they? I don't think they. I don't think they lost really a whole lot on defense. So it's just how do you where do you upgrade? Um, yeah, I think receiver makes sense here. Um, you've got Michael Thomas. Who can you pair with Michael Thomas that you think is going to, is going to do something? Um, I think this makes sense for Tony here. He would be, he'd be pretty fun to pair with, uh, with that, with the, you know, the, uh, with Michael Thomas and Kamara. Who's playing quarter? Is it Winston? Uh, Or or Hill? Yeah, or Hill, right? We need somebody with a massive catch radius, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) That's true. Um, here, well, let's look at those guys then. Um, that's Marshall's is thirty-two Marshall, and three Marshall quarters. Marshall can go get it. Yeah, yeah. Deami Brown's thirty-two and three quarters. Yeah, that's about it in this I range. I love that you know all these things, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I, Nico Collins. It's a little early oh, for him. God, it is early for him, but I tell you he what, fits the bill. <laughs> he to be able to the to be able to run a sub six eight three cone at six four is stupid, like stupid. So I, I really I, I do think Nico has locked himself into day two. I, I think it is a little I early for, for day what one. What do we think about linebacker in New Orleans? Um, well, they traded for Demario Davis, right? Uh, but they could use a, a weak side guy. They, I mean, they drafted what Zach Bond last year. Yeah. Um, Nick Bolton from Missouri. I'm kind of thinking about. I think, he's, I, I think he's it's early player. for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little early for me. Um, he tested I'd be like, terrible too. Yeah. He yes. He needs to. Um, I think Tony. I mean, Tony makes sense. He does. All right. Tony? All right. Yeah, take Tony. Tony it is. Yeah, that'd be fun for them. All right. Tony, Tony, Tony. All right, everyone's favorite cheese eaters. uh, The Green Bay Packers at 29. Uh, Eric, why don't you lead us off again here? Well, I mean, the obvious one is center. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if... If I think this is probably too early. The next best interior guy I have is Creed Humphrey. Uh, it's probably early for him, in, in my opinion. Um, so then, I don't know. I don't know where that. That's that's. I was. They can use they I, they can use some youth on their defensive line. Um, they could use a tackle. Yeah. There's Anruzuike uh, maybe uh, fits here. Um, they they are always complaining that they don't have enough secondary help, even though they spend first or second round picks on it every <laughs> flipping year. Right. Um, where are we at? Let me look at the board uh, on what we got on. Where are they at with safeties? Because uh, could JOK go here? Ooh, yes, he could. He could value too. Yeah, yeah it would be really good value. Yeah, because yeah, um, you know, right now, what do they have at linebacker? Um, Chris Barnes, Kamal Martin, Ty Summers, Owen Burks. These are not yeah. you know, nobody you're yeah. pounding the table for. JOK, I think, could fit in. He would. And, um, he, uh, and he honestly, he would he would blend well with Adrian Amos that they have at safety mm-hmm. um, because that that's a really smart guy who's who's used to reacting off of of that quicker linebacker that's in front of him. 
Mm-hmm. Richie Grant's still available too, and he, he, Richie Grant's a really good player. But he's a he's, he's, he's a, a playmaker safety. Yeah, you know, JOK gives you more versatility in Swiss Army knife type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I'm yeah. at JOK at 29 in Green Bay. I, I think the I think the the league will go JOK here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll move on. Pick number 30. Rounding this out here, um, Buffalo. Scott, what are you thinking? What's what's Buffalo this? likes Quinn Miners. Yeah, a lot. So there you go. I mean, I, it's it's way early for a center and a center only, but D three. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but uh, I mean, yeah. guys, we've he, seen it at the Senior Bowl. Those dudes who show up there and play and look the way he did, yeah. those guys work. They, I mean, there's a reason that he's, you know, he squeezed his way into. And to this kind of consideration, do I think it's early? Yeah, but I mean, you know, Buffalo's a pretty good team. They're pretty, you know, I mean, this is that's a good team. They're kind of set up everywhere. They they, they they're in a position where they could take a risk if they want to, and he would be a risk. He yes, yeah. It just you know, I mean, you, you know, you always can use edge help or defensive line help. Um, yeah, there's no tight end that that you're going to take. But this no. is an interesting. The running back in this scenario, I know you you have Devin Singletary, you have Zach Moss that you took last year, but if you're in a situation where, where Buffalo can grab a player like Travis Etienne and pair him with Zach Moss, that intrigues me. I'm not saying there's any value in doing that, yeah. but that's intriguing. Uh, I don't know what else they need. They, they could use depth at, at, in their secondary, but I yeah. mean, their, start, their starters are fine. Caleb Farley is still available. He and, and that that would be another risk. Would you would you be you're in a position where you can take that if you're if you're Buffalo? Yeah. I think it's too early for him, but I mean, I, I I would certainly I understand the the allure there. Yeah, Eric, what do you think? Would they be interested in a guy like Asante Samuel? So I was I, I just went Asante Samuel or, or um, uh, younger Melifonwu, um, who's better mm-hmm. than his older brother who couldn't play a lick. <laughs> Oh. oh, sorry, Scott. So <laughs> I got that one right. <laughs> I love them. All right, I still have Quinn Miners pinned up on the board here. What do you guys think? I, mean, I think it's early for him. I just I know they like him. It's just I don't think yeah. he'll be there, and they don't think he'll be there in round two for them. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he probably won't. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think he'd fall past Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, because you also have Green Bay that needs the center as well. So well, they, have, they have Elkton Jenkins. That guy can play. Oh, okay. well, right. If they want to play, it, so they'll just shuffle those yeah, guys. Around yeah, they got. They, yeah. they need somebody inside. Yes. Yeah. To your yes. point, they, they absolutely do. You know, uh, the, the, there's been a lot of rumors around him going higher than most. What most people are thinking right now. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't have him as a first rounder, but. I mean, I just read something the other day, uh, I think at the Athletic, that were saying that Leatherwood was um, getting a lot more hype than uh, – than, or he's getting more a lot, a lot more hype in NFL circles than he is in, like, uh, yeah. draft community. Yeah, I can see I can see NFL teams liking him more than – because he's been sort of pen, penned as a guard. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, are we there with him just yet? I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. I just I think he's has enough versatility and enough safety and enough floor that you draft him and just kind of let it work out. And they need offensive line help. 
Every team does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as yeah. crazy as it is. Um, we got Riz making popcorn again. <laughs> is there I, a defensive I, line, a, a player that's worthy at this point? <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, the, the uh, Washington kid is. I mean, on was Arike. I think I think he is, but does he fit? I don't think they need it. Yeah, they have, they have Vernon Butler and Ed Oliver. So, um, let me just look at my overall board. Fairly, Marshall. I mean, if they wanted to get cute, Elijah would be real intriguing. Yeah, but don't they have Cole Beasley? They do. Like, right? Who was? Who was a uh, AP receiver uh, last year because of Peter King, um, an All Pro last year because of him because yeah. he voted a slot receiver. Jeez, um, I don't have a gut here. I wish I did. Um, you know what? I I wouldn't. We didn't give uh, we didn't give Pittsburgh a running back, right? We did not. That's why I mentioned that at the end thing. I think I could, I could see Buffalo country. going running back here. Yeah. So which one? They have Zach Moss. They have Devin Singletary. I'm not sure Singletary's much in the equation at this point, but Moss was last year in the draft. Who's a complimentary weapon with Moss? Uh, I'd give him Harris. I think Harris is the best running back on the board. You okay. need a guy who can hit the who can play in cold weather as well in Buffalo, and so uh, I think Harris can do that. All right. He'll hold up and pass pro too. <laughs> Riz's internet went down. He's he's out. He said for the last two picks, unfortunately. So uh, we should bounce through these pretty quickly. All right. Uh, Super Bowl losers, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, <laughs> Eric, why don't you start us out? Um, obviously, they're going to go quarterback first round, right? <laughs> um. So they need tackle, right? Mm-hmm. They just cut both their tackles. Yep. And so this is a spot where I could see Leatherwood yes. going. Yeah. Um. I, I think this they could t- say him or uh, the Notre Dame kid. Uh, either of those guys could work. I, I'd give him Leatherwood. Yeah, Leatherwood has a reputation just for being a real beast, like a like a mean dude. Scott, have you heard that? Leatherwood. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he, you know, He's he held everybody. up as a tackle at Alabama. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know why, and he can move. It's you know, I don't think there's any limitations, relatively speaking, with him. So. I don't know what the desire to kick him inside automatically is. I think that it's it's one of those things where let him play outside, and if he fails, I think there's some there's some security with, with you know mm-hmm. with him playing guard. But I think he's a tackle to start. Yep. It's just you know they need tackles. They really do. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's the best available option right now, though. Yep. All right, number thirty-two, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, hometown heroes with the. Uh, <laughs> with the bolts here. Um, what do we got going on, Scott? I'm going to let you lead uh, lead the charge on this. Who do you have them picking with the last overall pick? Mr. Irrelevant of the first round. <laughs> so do we think they need more weapons? Elijah Moore. Yes. You've been so, begging for him, right? I this have. is the spot. Oh, yep. <laughs> He's He takes Antonio Brown's spot. So to me, it's Elijah Moore or they're taking a player like Travis Etienne and looking to strike it, you know, I don't know that Fournette's – I know that he resigned there. Ronald, Ronald Jones is okay. Yeah. yeah, he's okay. But, I mean, you know, uh, Brady loves throwing the ball to to those running backs. And Etienne, 
um, he'd be electric yeah. at offense. He really would. But so yeah. would Elijah Moore. Yep. All right. A lot. Elijah's my higher rated guy. Give him Elijah. There you go. Wrap oh. up that first round. All right. Yep. All right. With that. We're going to put Elijah Moore, number 32, for Tampa Bay. I'm going to really quick go through the list here. Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, New York Jets, Zach Wilson. 49ers got Justin Fields. Atlanta picked up Kyle Pitts, Cincinnati, Jamar Chase. Jalen Waddell went to Miami. The Detroit Lions got Penne Sell. Why am I? I know why my mouth's not working, but it will, it's been a long show. We'll just keep going. Patrick Sertain went to Carolina, Mac Jones to Denver, J.C. Horn to Dallas, Micah Parsons to the New York Giants, Devontae Smith to Philadelphia, Rashawn Slater to the Chargers, Christian Derrissaw to Minnesota, uh, Trey Lance went to New England, oh, 15, and, and you're right, the, uh, what you said, Eric, that's going to just ring true. How, how did we let this happen? <laughs> how did he get to New England? That's the that's the pick of the, the round that's just crazy. Zayvon Collins to Arizona, Quiddy Pay. Somebody, somebody talk for me. Quitty pay. Quitty pay <laughs> to Las Vegas. Aziz Ajulari to Miami. Elijah Vera Tucker to Washington. Rashad Bateman to Chicago. Jalen Phillips to Indianapolis. Tevin Hinken, Jenkins to Tennessee. Trayvon Morig to the New York Jets. Landon Dickerson to Pittsburgh. Greg Newsom to Jacksonville. Christian Barmore to... Cleveland? Cleveland, thank you. (laughs) Jason Owe to Baltimore. Kadarius Tony to New Orleans. Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, since no one wants to say it, to Green Bay. (laughs) Let me just go stupid. Najee Harris, when things are going bad, you got to go deep, right? (laughs) Uh, Buffalo got Najee Harris. Alex Leatherwood to Kansas City. And Tampa Bay Buccaneers got Elijah Moore. Guys, I really, really appreciate you coming on. This is is always a, a fan favorite, a great show. It was a long one, but God, this was this we was always a lot go of long. stuff. Yeah, we do. It doesn't matter. It's going to be like one of us standing there talking, and it'll still go four hours. <laughs> All good. <laughs> All right, Scott, thank you so much for coming on again. Really appreciate it. We got to do this more than once a year. And Eric, we got to do this more than twice a year. <laughs> All right, remember, folks, uh, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Hit in there. You get access to our Slack chat, the most intelligent Lions chat on the Internet. Follow us on our Twitter at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast, and go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast, and that way we can show up in your ears automatically. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, we're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters. No hot tubs, no problems. Because we're Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.